to your sanity safe space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart, I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Oh my God! Wednesday at 9. It gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hello. Well, I know there are more important things in the news cycle. Ron DeSantis just announced uh, something of a there were technical challenges with his Twitter announcement and other things going on today. I can't get over this. Uh, Indian Nazi attempts to assassinate the president with a U-Haul truck story. And the reason I bring it up is not just for that reason, because it's silly uh, on its face, but because you have a personal connection, at least kind of indirectly to this Indian Nazi would be presidential assassin. I mean, he graduated last year, but we went to the same high school. That is crazy. I know. He, and, and I've seen conflicting reports. They said um, the first reports yesterday said he was a U.S. citizen. Now there's another report out there that says he is not a U.S. citizen. Oh, we so, can't even get white people to do these jobs. <laughs> I guess immigrants was, truly are doing the jobs. The was there, was there a big Indian Nazi demographic when you went to this high school? No. What would they have to do for for somebody to be incentivized to do this? Maybe they'll be like, all right, we'll get you some plastic surgery and change your name. And you have a free ride to Harvard in like 10 years. They're saying that he, first of all, the video of him gently ramming these barricades, ramming is probably too hard of a word, too harsh of a word. He's like, he gets maybe a 10 foot head start and, and kind of gives it a bump. And then they're saying when he was arrested, he said, yes, I am here to kill the president and assume power. I'm going to just walk right in there and become president myself. Also, I greatly admire Adolf Hitler. He was a fantastic leader. Also, I have a, a Nazi flag that I purchased off the Internet. That's the only thing I brought. I came all what? the way from. What do you think this is? I go back. I don't know. Is this fed up or is this just legitimate weird crazy guy i don't know they've already kind of moved on it's the same thing this is what i can't figure out about these stories you have the hispanic nazi shooter in dallas and that that should be he had this swastika tattoo on his chest and the ss yeah. on his arm and that should be all over the news for weeks or months because that's what they want to show same thing with this guy he he had an actual nazi flag an actual swastika flag on him and they've already kind of moved on. And I gather a lot of that is because he's clearly not white. And it's you can't say with a straight face like, oh, yes, dedicated Nazi Sai Varshith Kandula or whatever his name is. Man, uh, I know it's too bad. I'm, I'm too much older than he is to even know anybody that goes to Marquette anymore. Yeah. I just wonder. Yeah, there's got to be there's got to be people around who know him and. Could verify. There were hella Indians in Chesterfield. Is that uh, a lot? There's a large Indian demographic there. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, I guess we'll find out more information. I uh, I heard earlier that his charges were downgraded today too, but I'm not sure exactly why. Because he didn't really do anything. 
What? Did you see that flag on the ground too? Did they break out a fucking steamer before they called them? <laughs> that was a, yeah, they like they didn't just set it down. They put it on display. The whole thing was just hilarious. I I, I have no idea what to make of this story, but it's already kind of disappearing. Anyway, perhaps that will come up this evening along with uh, whatever else is going on in the news out there. Uh, it will be a call-in show as usual tonight. Most of you are familiar with how that works. But if you are new to the show, there are instructions for how to participate in the description of whatever video platform you may be viewing on. If you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live, or you're having trouble getting in live, of course, you can send us an email question. We'll get to those at the end of the show. The uh, way to submit an email question is through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact and look for the call-in show question form. We'll get to those at the end of the stream. We'll take your super chats in between uh, calls as well every half hour, as usual. Other than that, I think we're uh, set to go, unless you have anything else you want to discuss. Nope, that's it. All right, Orwell's ghost is up first. Orwell, are you there? Yes, I am. What's on your mind? Well, I I watched Blonde's video with... um, Devin Stack a few weeks ago. I think it was like two or three weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. I um, I don't have much to say tonight, but one of those things that stuck with me is don't get um, don't take too much stock in these fucking retards in the chat and say that you're you know you're part of Zog and all this other stupid bullshit. Um, uh. I I I heard that. And I was like, until about four weeks ago, I didn't even know what Zog was. And I I had to I had to like look it up on you know on on Google Translate or whatever. Yeah. And um, and I thought to myself, people calling blonde Zog are either like mentally retarded or they're or they're full on trolls. Well, it's the Catholic thing. Yeah, but I'm Catholic and I'm not like I'm not a Zionist and I don't even I don't even understand what the fuck they're talking about. Like I'm I'm not I'm just not following what that calculus is. And it it, it just it it kind of as soon as you said that, I was like, you know what? Okay, we're we're speaking the same language right now. These people are just godless retards. And and it's not even that, it's that they are I think a lot of them are like 19 or 20 or maybe like they're just like under under the age of like 22 and they don't know what the hell is going on. They haven't found the one true faith and um, they're sort of lashing out. I don't really blame them. It sucks. But I have realized very recently when I say recently, I mean the past like two years that uh, God is real like Christ, Christ is real, and when you when when you warm up to the fact, or, or rather, you just you just take it as fact that this is the case that God, that God is real, that Christ is real, and that He will come judge the living and the dead. You, you you do what you should do, and you amend your life around Christ rather than amend, or, or you you build your life around Christ rather than building Christ around your life. Right, right, right. And, and so. I don't, I, I wouldn't put too much stock in those people. And, and I know it's hard, but like, I wouldn't even fucking listen to them. 
you got like I don't know fifteen thousand viewers or something. Like, I don't know. I, you got a lot. I, I wouldn't even listen to them. It's that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life. This this. Well, they they shit. think that all Abrahamic religions are Zog, are like the original Zog. Yeah, that's that. I mean, you can watch Taylor Marshall and Taylor Marshall, who's like who's not a Zionist by any stretch of the imagination. He'll come out and say like the Muslims and the Jews miss the mark. Like it's 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 like a, I think the article he mentioned was like firing an arrow. They fire an arrow, but their vision is bad, or the arrow isn't, or the or the bow isn't strong enough to hit the target. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, he he actually wrote an article about this. So like I I I don't give a shit about these people. I'm not I'm not and I was, honestly I'm not fessing up to them. I don't I don't owe them any allegiance. I I owe allegiance to like my wife and one other you know one other entity and that's it. So don't don't put any stock into those people. That's okay. that's that's all I really got to say tonight. I noted. I feel like I missed I'll, it. I'll, was there was there an actual fight or is it just is it just chat banter? No, it's there's a bunch of there, there's a bunch there's a bunch of stupid fucking Discord faggots who talk who oh. who who want to be super edgy and talk about you know everybody hates you know like you're all controlled by Jews and all this other stupid weird shit and it's yeah it's, I don't put a lot of stock in that just because yeah I mean I don't I know don't what either. exactly what you're talking about because I haven't seen the I, the exact I, I, conversation well, but I if you know I I Matt Matt I don't fucking understand what the, what they're talking about either. But that's 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 the problem. Is yeah, I'm just saying is, I, I, I wouldn't treat it. Shit. I wouldn't treat it with uh, total sincerity necessarily. I, I bet a lot of it is uh, is trolly in nature. But that's just my guess. Yeah, sure, sure. But, well, I don't know. People are pretty serious about this. Maybe, no, maybe, they're, not, maybe. they're not. They're not serious. They're talking shit. You're not falling on deaf ears. You're you are worshiping the right god, and you're doing it the right way. Well, Keep I'm getting this mostly from pagans. That's it. that's what it is. Okay, good. They're retards then. That's the okay. Okay, we know we know the answer then. They're just retards. So you guys have a good night. Okay, you, like too. seriously, keep the faith. God bless. Okay? You suck. God Fuck bless. you. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, man. Oh, he's already out of here. He's like, I'm gone. Man, he. I guess. I guess he was really fired up by the the Discord chat. I don't know. I don't. I. I haven't. I haven't seen the the stuff in. You've question, never heard so. this though. Uh no. But I. My guess on that stuff would be it's a lot of, well, it's it's like calling people feds. It might be half serious. It might be half joking. Who really knows? Uh, no, they're pretty serious about this. Okay. I mean, I, I guess the only thing I would say is if if there was truth to trying to control information in that way or like enforce a particular perspective or something, why would why would it be allowed on our server? Well, not necessarily our server. That's probably not the place that I, cause I interact with our server so little, but I, I hear this from people like in my everyday life a lot. You hear I what? Of, I have a lot of pagan friends. Oh yeah. And they, they really think that Catholicism is like the, the ultimate way to, that you're submitting to Zog. Okay. Because Jesus uh, was a Jew. All right. I, I am not uh, well versed in this particular worldview, so. I'll leave it at that, and we'll see what Phil has to say. Phil, are you there? Hi, Phil. Yeah, how are you guys doing today? What say you? Do you think that Catholicism is Zog? Uh, I think most Christian churches have been infiltrated by Zog, yes. Okay, yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, one of the quick shout out Chief Slinging Beef. I forget if he said today's his wedding anniversary or this week is, but apparently he's been with his girl for a decade. So, oh my god, well, that's a lot shout of out. beef slung. That Congratulations. is, yes. <laughs> uh, what I wanted to talk about, I saw, I saw today a thread from James Lindsay, uh, everybody's favorite atheist, I guess, but um, he's talking about that with Pride Month starting off that he thinks he's pretty sure there's going to be a renewed attack on these on the Christian nationalist movement and that hmm. there will be folks trying to uh basically paint the Christian nationalists as a as homophobes to neutralize them and to destroy Christian conservative uh political power such as it exists. So all of Pride uh, Month forever. is basically bait. Is that how that works? <laughs> That's that's basically what he's saying. I think he I think he's alluded to. He thinks there will be some kind of like physical conflict at some point. Well, do you like know Charlottesville? Oh, I could definitely yeah. see that. And did you notice that Target uh, is all is already blaming threats for their decision to pull some of these weird like tuck friendly? What Alex Stein threatened them? Yeah, well, that video was pretty funny. I did see that. Uh, it They're looks like they do some... tuck very well. It was a great fit. Good luck on him. Um, but, but yeah, the, 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 the clues that violence is going to be blamed and or baited in that way. I think they're already there. I could totally see it happening. Yeah. He's my issue with, with him talking about it this way is that he's basically going into this, trying to get conservative Christians to, uh, pre-surrender on our priors and, uh, just like become good liberals like him because his, he really doesn't believe that he really believes that we can beat woke with more liberalism. It's that's not my position. That's his position. Well, right. what is he, I get, I'm not clear on what he, is he advocating people do a certain thing or what, it, what exactly is he? No, he's people? just predicting. He's just predicting that by the end of the summer, that uh, Christian conservatives, Christian conservatives will have no real political power in the country at all because it will have been uh, gutted either metaphorically or literally by nefarious actors. Mm. And he's always been one of these people that, that dislikes the right more than the left. I mean, he's, his main concern with woke is that it will, it will create a actual reaction. It will wipe away all the supposed progress or what we've had over the last several decades. Hmm. Do Christian conservatives have any political power anyway? Uh, maybe, in, maybe in certain locales, but certainly not on the grand scale. I mean, there's no federal politician that sits there and goes, how can I do things that will benefit this voter block? They might talk a good game, but in the end, they just ignore us. Mm-hmm. Well, I say us, like I'm, I'm Christian, but like kind of backslid at this point, but I grew up in the church, so. We're all backsliding. Except for Orwell's ghost, he's doing okay. Yeah, he seems to be, uh, he seems to be living, living clean. Well, it was uh, in, yeah. the way he phrased that I found interesting. I should have brought that up when he was still here. But when he said um, toward the end there, when he said building your life around Christ rather than building Christ around your life. It's kind of just a philosophically interesting point. I, I would have liked to hear him explain that a little bit more, but maybe next time when he calls. I mean, when in. you're building a house, you want it on a solid cornerstone and that's as good a cornerstone as any. Yeah. Well, and I wonder in my own uh, in my own quote unquote journey here. I hate using that, that word, but you get what I mean. It's like, I wonder, I wonder if that's the way that I've conceptualized it. It's like, 
all right, I got A, B, and C, and then okay, over here fits like the faith box or something. And, yeah. and maybe mm-hmm. maybe there's some foundational concepts there that I haven't I haven't thought clearly about. I just uh, sometimes every once in a while someone phrases something in a way that makes you rethink how you've conceptualized it. And that was kind of yeah, one totally. of those moments for me. Well, that's why we all keep calling in here. It's to tell you how to run your show and try to tell uh-huh. you how to change your mind. So, well, uh, you, you've, you've whittled away over time, you know, but it's uh, happening. All right, man. Um, yeah. Do you, you have any uh, closing thoughts before we let you go? Nope. That's it. Thanks again. Thanks for all right. Calling. Well, we'll speak with you sometime soon. I'm sure, but have a happy pride month in between. Oh yes, very happy. All right, thanks, man. Everybody seems really jazzed about this. Uh, well, I guess I haven't thought of of Pride Month as a big bait off in that way, but it kind of <sighs> is. Um, and uh, Pride Month is kind of becoming like, uh, well, it's sort of like, I, I guess it is basically a religious holiday at this point. But it's sort of it's commercialized in the way that that Christmas is. In that I get annoyed when I go to a store and I see Christmas decorations in October or something. But, More hands on. But Pride Month is creeping in earlier and earlier, too. The, this whole Target controversy is because yeah. they have their Pride Month stuff out a week or two in advance. Didn't they say that it was for women's giant vaginas, the tuck swimming suit? I didn't hear that, but did they walk it back in that way? I think they walked it back. Let me know. I, they, I saw some news coverage that said it's misinformation to say that they were targeting kids because these are not strictly kids items. They're also available in adult sizes. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, to the extent that you have kids items that are tuck friendly, I mean. Yeah, what are what are we uh, what are we talking about here, guys? This has gone so far beyond just, hey, there's that end cap of T-shirts with rainbows on them. And now it's. It's it's getting it's getting very weird. It already has been weird, but this whole tuck friendly bathing suit thing is uh, it's bizarre. I just wonder. I wonder. Did you see the North Face ad with the with the tranny, Patty or whatever? Yeah, North Face has some big ad out where he's running around in the wilderness in I his dr- like he's in some kind of like Gore Tex rainbow outfit. North Face tranny. And just North Face Patagonia. You'll find it. Oh, I did see this. I didn't realize yeah. this was North Face. Yeah. But he's uh, like, I'm a homosexual. <laughs> or whatever. We are going to have tents with glory holes or uh, sleeping bags with, well, I don't know. Sleeping bags with uh, like a butt flap for easy access very soon. We're right on the cusp. Ew. Let's try uh, Blackhawk. Blackhawk up. Are you there? <laughs> yes. Hi. I got to be careful with black hawk, though. It's a dangerous word. Isn't it, though? It's like pork hawks. Yeah, kind of like that. So what's on your mind? Question. Have you ever encountered a slur that genuinely upset you? Mm, No, I mean, not not really. Uh, Like just just a word on its own to get me emotionally bothered. No. Yeah, something like that. Trying to think. I don't think so. I guess it depends on your definition of bothered. Are there words that annoy me or, but it's, it's not usually cause they're offensive. It's cause they're, uh, inaccurate or chosen for political reasons. Give you an example. I, I mentioned, I was watching the news on the local news. 
they were talking about homeless uh, homelessness in Missoula and they called it urban camping <laughs> with a straight face, urban camping. Okay. That- yeah. All right. I, I, I can see what you're saying there. Um, uh, what are some other ones? Um, so if you suddenly planted gardens all around the city, that would be urban gardening technically. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess pro-choice. Actually, is it only urban gardening if a moonwalker were to do it? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I guess it depends on... None of those things are slurs, I guess. They're just they're they're ways of characterizing something that annoy me. But I can't think of a a slur. I know there are a lot of people who are hmm, not. They're trying to make the the new slur is Karen. I don't think they're seriously offended by it, but they're pointing out how it's racialized because it's only used for white women in the context of the of the um, the bike lady in New York. But if I hear the term yeah, Karen, it's that's... like, do I get bothered? No, I just it's the hypocrisy of it. That's all. The reason why it's racially dictated towards white people is because if you called a, you can't call a black lady a Karen because that's just natural. Uh, <laughs> Wait, it's natural. I guess I'm trying to think of the last African-American Karen uh, that ang- I met. Angry that's... black woman is a stereotype for a reason is what I was oh, trying yeah, to totally. say. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know a lot of black Karens. I don't think I've met one in my entire life. I, I have met several. All right. I'll take your word. Yeah. For it. Uh, the, the, go down to the South. You'll find a ton of them. Hmm. It seems like it'd be really consistent with the angry black chick thing. Uh, that if you had uh, like a, a, even if it wasn't the word, Karen, if you had a, a word for like, if you gave a, a, a name like that to black women, it would be inherently offensive. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Bingo. Hmm. Uh, well, I don't know. On a st- side st- note. Do you have a slur that bothers you? You've kind of stumped me. Uh, no, surprisingly enough, I don't have a slur that uh, bothers me because uh, I've been around a bunch of people that constantly use the words beaners, crackers, the N-word. Uh, I don't want to get you canceled, so I'm going to leave it at Thank that. Thank you. That's very <laughs> thoughtful. Raja Mohan approves. Uh, more importantly, Blonde earlier asked uh, if catholics something about zog i want to point out the catholics with their belief that the popes are cardinals have any power at all does not follow christ the uh the um it's the same problem with the jewish faith where they think their rabbi's words are above god so it's an infiltration of the devil into the gardens that god has planted okay i i know this pope thing is a problem i i know it is I don't know what to do about it. People are like convert to orthodoxy, but like I'm not Romanian or whatever, or Greek. It just seems weird for me to be orthodox. Yeah, but, but there's other things outside of orthodox. You could be Southern Baptist. The Southern Baptists are fun. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I had come some on, Baptists just, come by my house visit. on Saturday and try to recruit I'll, me to go I'll to their pray church. on it. Just visit a Southern Baptist church once. See if you like it. Listen, I can't convert based upon how fun the church is. The main point of the church is for um, socialization isn't the word I'm looking for. It's uh, community, maybe. Yeah, it's something like community. It is mainly for community. If you just wanted God's word, you would read your dang Bible. 
true. But the Bible is really hard to read. Like the entire idea that Christ is accessible through the Bible is ridiculous because 98% of the world used to be illiterate. And it's such heavy literature and it's not written in accessible language for obvious reasons, but it's like reading Shakespeare. Like I need to have my notes and like people do need people in the clergy to guide them through the Bible. Even today, like nobody can just read the Bible and be like, Oh, I totally understand what God meant. If If they say that they can, they're lying. I've only had one verse that I could not understand. And it was because literally the verse just goes, Oh yeah. Uh, Noah's son saw him naked and then he cursed him and his children. It was because of his tiny wiener. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of Christian are you? Everyone knows that. There's no context for it. Anyways, (laughs) uh, that's all I had to say. Please remember the best fed was the friends we made along the way who will throw us under the bus the second a court case is open. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for your call. Appreciate it very much. Have a good night. Fed, 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 fed. Uh, Speaking of slurs, you'll appreciate this. I saw this in town the other day and I didn't take a photo because I don't even know why. I must have been in a hurry. But after the fact, I realized I should have. There was a guy with a pickup truck with a very direct decal on the back. It's kind of wordy, but it says there's only one thing I hate in this life. And then there are three bullet points. Subaru drivers, Democrats Faggots. (laughs) Faggots. <laughs> and I thought, well, I mean, not all Subaru drivers, just many. Maybe we can agree, maybe we can come to terms on Democrats and faggots, sir. Let's have a conversation. Did he sideswipe you? Can you see this? Yeah. Yeah. There's only <laughs> the one thing. It already kind of went away, but just so people uh, can see. What, did he say that? Because those are all the same thing. I think that was the joke. And, uh, you know, the Subaru driver in me was very offended. But I thought, <laughs> Holy cow, like this, this guy's going to get keyed for sure or something. I've never seen someone with just the uncensored word faggots in huge letters That's uh, awesome. Good on, for on him. his back window. Not all heroes wear capes, like, you know? I mean, I guess I'm supposed to be offended, but at the same time, uh, well, I, I'm a, Why? Re- you're not I'm a faggot. Why would I'm you a recovered, a- I'm a recovered Democrat faggot. I still oh. drive a Subaru though. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know why I immediately went to that. That was <laughs> no, I was, I was just thinking like, I'm supposed to be at least kind of offended by this, <laughs> but I like how outrageous it is. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I don't, I don't, now I got to, if I see that around, I got to see who the driver is and I have to befriend him, <laughs> figure this out. I bet he has a beard. Maybe. I don't know. And this North Face thing is really yeah. gross. Uh, Nomad, are you there? Yes, sir. Hi. What's on your mind? Good evening. Well, um, I'm going to spend a few seconds to brag on my kid who uh, finished up with the eighth grade a year early. So he's going to be a high school freshman. Well, congratulations. Yep. And he is going to the number 28 high school in the entire nation. He had to test in because it's a high school for gifted kids. Cool. Yep. And, uh, it also really sucks because he gets to spend the summer with his mom, which means I am going to be kid-free for seven weeks. Oh, no. How far apart are you? Um, she lives um, up, uh, I think, further north than uh, than uh, Rebecca or you, Matt. How? I'm in Arizona. But where does she live? Where is she? Uh, she's, like, in Wisconsin. She's off of one of the... Great Lakes. She lives by uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, kind of. 
She, that, it's possible that's more north, but unless she's like way up in the, you know, way up in the north, like Green Bay or something. Even Green Bay, I think, is south of here. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Maybe technicals. But um, so I'm I'm building him a AR. Ah. I'm upgrading his computer, and I'm building a polymer eighty Glock thirty four for myself. Cool. Have you done the uh, cool. polymer eighty build before? Or is this your first one? This is my first one. I didn't bother with it for the AR. I'm just doing it for the Glock frames because it's half the price if I do it with a polymer eighty kit. Uh, well, that'll. Uh, I did my first polymer eighty last year. I picked it up last spring when Joe Biden was announcing the ghost gun ban that didn't really turn out to be a ghost gun ban, but, um, but yeah, it's a fun project. And, uh, if you run into the same issue that I did, you, uh, you might have some trouble with the recoil spring. Uh, but so just make sure you, you get that channel nice and clean and smooth when you do it. But other than that, mine is operating. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. I've got, Lots of hobbyist skills, doing nerd stuff, painting little uh, miniatures, having to clean them up with files. Mm-hmm. I'm used to working on small objects. Um, I bought the frame complete on Gunbroker with a threaded barrel, so I don't. I'm not even having to mess with the little parts. It was still going to be under 350 bucks for a Glock 34. Wait, so it's unfinished, but they're giving you a barrel and some other parts? Um, it's a complete frame that is finished. I mean, not the frame, but the complete upper that's completely assembled. Ah, I see. With a threaded barrel, stainless yeah, yeah. barrel. Okay. It's going to be spiff. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's. Um, it, yeah, it's I, I, that, putting that together makes me understand why people appreciate Glocks to the degree that they do. I've, I've never been like a Glock hater. I just didn't, you know, I wasn't like a Glock lover either. And it was kind of frustrating to learn how to put that together from parts to start. But once you know what you're doing, it's like, man, you could, you could assemble that thing. And like, I mean, outside of the, the Dremel work and stuff, which you should only do for yourself on your own behalf, legally ATF and FBI listener. Uh, but once you know what you're doing, even with the Dremel work, you can put that together in, in no time. That's not even an afternoon project. It's quicker than that. Oh yeah. I, I love it. It's, um, I, I get to, and pick every piece of this and still save hundreds of bucks over buying the complete thing. And it, with the AR, it's not so much because you can buy a $400 AR once again. Have you, uh, have you done an AR build before? Or is this your first one of those too? It is my first one and it looks like it's going to be a little bit more uh, tricky than the polymer 80 build, but, uh, um, I've well, watched plenty of videos. The only thing I would say, uh, is, Get yourself an oops kit. Those are uh, get yourself a okay. a kit or two of all the little tiny springs and detents and all the things that can go flying across the room, because especially on your first attempt, it is highly likely that you're going to lose one of those tiny little parts. And then you'll be frustrated if you don't have a backup because you got to go find a backup. So. But other than that, it, I mean, that might. So, um, and it, it, I guess it requires a couple special tools as well. But other than that, it's uh, I mean, that is something that once you know what you're doing, that's uh, that's no time either. What I was going to suggest it to avoid that sort of thing is you basically get a jeweler's apron. It's an apron that you, you basically are sitting at the table wearing an apron, but the apron tucks up onto your desk. 
Stuff has no place to go when it falls. Yeah, but it's not just the falling though. It's that there's going to be springs under oh, yeah, tension, springs. and you got to capture them the right, just the right way. And if you don't, they, you know, stuff goes flying from the spring tension. So it's a combination of like small Which parts that you might just lose from rolling off the table. But if you don't handle them correctly, they go flying. Yeah. That that's why you need the extras. Yeah. Well, definitely. You know, I, I hadn't realized you had so much experience with uh, polymer. 80 and the 80% just one. lowers and uh, I just did one. Okay. <laughs> that was it. Okay. But, it, but I've probably put hey, it's worth it. I've probably put um something like 500 rounds through that over the last year and it certainly has some it has more function problems than my factory clock does. Like I would not trust my life to my polymer 80 build. It stovepipes a lot. Uh it prefers certain types of ammo. But it's still pretty cool, like you said, to have a range toy that you built yourself, that you picked out all the parts, and that is really, you know, it's a combination of things that nobody else really has. It is uniquely your gun, and there's something cool about that. Yep, that's why I wanted it. I wanted something that was easy to aim, easy to shoot, um, full-size barrel. And a lot of these gun manufacturers are going smaller and smaller. Yeah. Uh, making these little Saturday night specials, and I want something with a good sight radius that uh, is big enough to tame down the recoil a little bit and just be more pleasant. Plus, I've got a full setup for reloading 9mm, and you can finally find primers at places like Sportsman's Warehouse if you're shopping in person. And they're not crazy expensive. Yeah, that'll be cool. So your plan is when your son gets back, you're going to have this whole setup to, to teach him firearm skills, or what's the plan? Yeah, I think that uh, he might not ever need it for self-defense. He probably won't ever need it for self-defense. But it's like with a seatbelt. You don't need it every time you get in the car, but you buckle it every time you get in the car. Yep. Yep, that is... uh, Regardless of whether my children love guns or not in the future, um, I would hope hope they just... Well, I intend to teach them basic function and just the ability to know how to handle something like that if you encounter it in any given circumstance or you end up in a defense scenario where you need at least need to be competent with it. So, uh, but here's hoping your son loves guns. Here's hoping it's a, it's the start of a new hobby. Oh yeah. And now that you've uh, gone hunting, you could uh, maybe take your son when he's a little bit older. Well, I'm thinking about rifle hunting this year, perhaps last year we did um, bow hunting unsuccessfully, of course. But I might I might try rifle this year just for the higher success prospect and maybe just do deer. Um, so I have a, a, the highest chance of actually getting a harvest and uh, and get that experience under my belt, because I would love to get the elk by bow. That's a huge achievement, but it's kind of it's it's sort of trying to run before you walk, you know. Yep. So. Well, I hope you guys get to do that. Good luck with that, man. Well, thanks, and, uh, and uh, all the best to, to you, you and your family as well. Yep, and sorry to freeze you out, Rebecca, but hope no, you have a great okay. week, too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay, we are due to catch up on chats. Uh, over on Rumble, Stick sent me here, says, Beautiful Trouble is the new rules for radicals. Check their website. Their tactics are insane but intelligent. We need to use their tactics. I've never heard of it, so I will have to check that out. Is, is that something you've heard of? Uh-uh. Beautiful trouble. Bert says, hey, Majagas and Moonwalkas. 
Are you stacking precious metals, silver and gold, maybe platinum and palladium? For about the last two years, I have started my or and or worked on my so-called stack. And I didn't know it was called a stack until I got into this. But um, I do not. So really, I've only I've only bought silver. Uh, I've thought about buying some fractional gold, but then I was hoping to do that this year. And then we're doing this house thing and like everything I have is going into this house. So I'm not <laughs> yeah. working with a lot of. uh well, there's not a lot of uh, liquidity that I can convert to precious metals at the moment. But so all I've bought, I just have interest in in the value of the raw metal. I'm not a collector. I'm not looking for like coin rarity or anything like that. So I've built a, a small silver stack over the last couple of years. Well, but where that's do you keep it? it. What's that? I'm just joking. I asked you where you kept it. Don't tell me. Oh, uh, well, it's secure. <laughs> are you uh, are you collecting precious metals at all? Silver only right now. Hmm. I know gold, uh, gold's price has stayed really high for a while. Cause I was, I was looking at buying some a few months ago, but, it, uh, what's the silver spot price these days? Uh, oh, it's kind of come down a little bit. It was, uh, it was up higher earlier in the month, but mm. anyway, yeah, it's, um, it's kind of fun. Like I like, uh, if I have the chance, I might buy like some silver rounds that are, that are, you know, have some cool graphic or whatever on them but i i'm not looking for the the rare stuff i don't put a lot of stock in the value of the rarity because my thinking on the silver is is if i ever need it as a tradable asset in in an apocalypse type scenario is the rarity of the of the actual coin going to matter to me that no much? of course not yeah that's why i haven't got into it and i know there are people who are very into it who would probably have a counter to me on that and say well that's actually wrong for reasons x y and z to me, at least at this stage in my stacking, it's just what is the value of the raw material? Yeah. And how can I get that at the lowest possible price? That's that's my entire strategy on that. But uh, Bert says, I was an atheist in college, proud Catholic. Now I struggle finding a church that hasn't sold out. We have been in uh, infiltrated for decades. Time to clean house in some manner, uh, manner rather. Catholic church infiltrated your thoughts. Yeah, of course it has been. But uh, all institutions are infiltrated to some degree. Hmm. It's the nature of man. When people are acting like their church, their branch of Christianity isn't infiltrated. Of course it is. Hmm. They're orthodox pedophile priests and there are all sorts of problems in, in Baptist churches. I don't, I don't know that it's even a reflection on the on the religion. But yes, Catholicism has been has been infiltrated. Well, Godspeed to you and your church, Bert. Appreciate it. You're reading off of that was Rumble. Oh. We're good oh, on DLive okay. and Odyssey, so let's grab a couple on uh, YouTube and Tippy, and then we'll get back sure. to the calls. Jeff Sloat, the Indian white supremacist from Missouri, has been incorrectly labeled as a Klansman. I know for a fact he isn't because I've never seen his face in any of our meetings. Ah, you're plugged that, into that the community retarded, down yeah. there, huh? The whole thing, it's preposterous. Like, you think he could show up at some one of these, these mythical KKK meetings and people would be like, oh, welcome, buddy. <laughs> What do you think happened? I don't know. Um, I, I would love to know the the God's honest truth of what exactly this is. The whole thing is just so preposterous. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we'll probably never know. It'll I guess the story is going to go away. We will never know. MX2D. Um, ESG companies be like the vessel isn't sufficiently primed. Increase the conditioning. So we may reattempt the ritual next June. <laughs> well, I guess every Pride Month has to be a little more proud than the last, doesn't it? We're, we're reaching critical levels of pride, though. It's, <laughs> I know. 
when 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 target shoppers have become irritated now hold on just a minute mister yeah that's that's how you know you've gone too far did you see that uh, babylon b though it's like a chick in walmart it's like wife uh reverses ban on target the second she steps in foot into a walmart <laughs> like that's so true i don't go to target a lot but i know we do get diapers there and you know what what breaks my heart a lot of my favorite flannels are from target so that really puts oh. me in a, a flannel crisis a flannel that is the truest of all crises. yeah crises where am i going to get my flannels now literally anywhere else i'm going to have to shop i'm going to have to figure it out no that's why you have a wife i guess you could probably find them but target did have a a nice selection of uh reasonably priced high quality flannels and now and now they're now they're talk friendly so i'm I'm out is your it. wife shop for you though no not really not clothes wise she might buy gifts for me but as far as like my day-to-day stuff no not really okay trying to work on my husband a little bit more <clears throat> he's resistant hold mulry ha happy wednesday truth seekers flee from sexual immorality every other sin a person commits is outside the body Ugh, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Hmm. <sighs> it's an you know what Christianity is? It's, it's failing every single day. It's just constant failure. Well, but that that is the beauty and the value of it. Uh, or a beauty and value of it. I'm not saying it's the definitive one. But the humbling. The humbling is key. We have way too many people out there who have grossly inflated sense of selves. They're godless. They have no higher power beyond themselves and therefore they have no accountability. They have no benchmark to compare themselves and realize but that's their problem. Like what well, about people like us? That's why they suck. And that's why you need that in your life to realize you're not as good as you think you are. And even if you are a good person overall, there are still things on which you can improve and ways to get better. And you need to be reminded of that every single day. Yeah. But I wish God was handing out gold stars or something that there's a good like, reason. You've been doesn't. a really great person. Yeah. Here's a Cadillac. Yeah. Like, Thank you. Now I know <laughs> I've been doing the right thing, but you know, you've been a really great person and he's like, here, this person in your life is going to die. And then well, this is going to happen. And I then, think you are underselling some of his blessings potentially. But that's true. I'm very grateful. There is a lot of, there's a lot of fuckery too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, that Indian Nazi blonde turned me down for prom. So my life spiraled out of control to win blonde's love. I tried to take out the president, the old uh, Jody Foster. Um, yeah. Let's see. He graduated in 2022. Perhaps I graduated party. in 2006. So if I was a big slut in high school, I could be this kid's mom. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, yeah, it does suck to realize how much older you are than uh, the kids these days. It happens to me all the time now. Oh, no, I was thinking about some like painful drunken memory that happened. And then I realized it was 20 years ago. 20 hmm. years ago. Good news. Everyone's forgotten by now. I have not forgotten. Well, <laughs> should I do a few more? JRC one. Yeah. DeSantis isn't ready for the big time. Great policies, but no charisma. I hate that we have to have a president that's charismatic because I think charisma, although not causal in a lot of personality defects is like tightly correlated to a lot of personality defects. Hmm. Like a guy that's charismatic is probably a slimy fuck, right? Well, I don't know. I think there are a lot of charismatic good people, but uh, I do agree that it's a necessary trait for a politician and certainly for a presidential candidate. And I also agree that 
um, DeSantis is not the most charismatic character. And I think he's going to lean into that. I think his campaign strategy is going to be, look, I'm the no drama results guy. You want you want Twitter fights or truth social fights? There's your guy over there. But I'm the guy who just uh, who who doesn't get rattled and delivers results to you. I think that's the yeah. way he's going to go. And I think for a lot of people, that's compelling. For a lot of people, it's not. I I have a hard time seeing how DeSantis get, beats Trump in the primary. I, uh, but it's we're, not gonna be we're a year out, so we'll see. But I just I don't see it happening. Blonde's chair. Y'all are just jealous because I get to touch Blonde's ass every week and you don't. Um, <laughs> gross. I don't think anyone's jealous. All right. Uh, we'll circle back. We will come you back to your uh, chance at, at the top of the hour. Thank um, you. Guys. I'll have to just circle back with you. Next up is Reinhardt. Reinhardt, are you there? Reinhardt? Reinhardt? I got nothing. Do you? No. Okay. Reinhardt, we will uh, try again in a minute. Super. Let's try Kim. Kim, are you there? Yes. Hello. Hi. What's on your mind? Um, well, first off, Matt, congratulations to you and Mrs. Christensen. Oh, thank you. She's so um, polite. <laughs> very formal. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, my, I just have a new nephew myself. And oh, so, congrats. That's great. Thank you. When was he born? Saturday. Oh, so really new. Wow. Oh, yes. brand new. Is that yes. your first nephew or uh, are there others? Second. Second, okay. Yeah, I have two little nephews. That's great. Um, both adorable. Yeah. Um, so I actually wanted to let you guys pick the topic for tonight. Um, either art and the influence it has on culture and society, um, or resiliency. Oh, what do you resiliency in what context? Just general. Um, is resiliency like genetic, or are mm. some people, um, I guess, more likely to be resilient or predetermined? I would vote for the latter. I like this resiliency concept. But uh, blonde, what do you think? Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. Okay. Do you do you want to phrase the question once more, or should we just go? With yeah. That? Um. So we had the beginning of the school year. Um, we had to do a like simulation to basically put us in low social economic status situations. And we had to survive for a week, all this stuff. And I am a very resilient person. And we did it. We failed. I got evicted. My one kid up in prison. It was, you know, a whole situation. But Wait, what? I enjoyed... What was the part about prison? Yeah, I had. So I was like, you were role playing different characters. So I was oh, a mom and I had, you I know, see. my. We're like, wow, your life really fell apart quickly since I the totally, last time we talked. Holy shit. Yeah, I did not understand this to be hypothetical. <laughs> But okay. yeah, it was a hypothetical situation that we were like yeah. supposed to it was supposed to create empathy that like we didn't like you know, for students who come from these situations, the stress that it has on them that might hinder their academic performance mm -hmm. and how important it is to have resources available to help students and families who need it. So we were all given these fake scenarios. Um, okay. So I had I was the mom of the house and I had two kids and one ended up in prison and I got evicted. And, but going through that, it's like, okay, so like, I want to do it again. Like my, when I was all over, it was stressful, but I didn't hate it. Like I want to do this again. I want to do it better. 
and what can I do differently so we, even though it's fake, to come out of it better on the other side. And even like in different things we did in college and simulations um, with learning disabilities, I always wanted to finish it. Like I wanted to do this and solve it. I'm not going to give up. Mm-hmm. And we had a, I had a conversation in Discord earlier about, um, I think Russian culture is very resilient as a people. Oh, yeah. They like, like yeah. the siege of Leningrad and all of that. And so, no, do you think something about resiliency is genetic, that certain um, ethnic groups or races are more likely to be resilient and that's why they do better economically? Or is it not related to, and it's just, you know, individual personalities? Hmm. Well, I think there are different kinds of resilience. And uh, like, um, I think that Africans probably are more emotionally resilient when they lose offspring to various ailments because they're more, is it R selected or K selected? Regardless, they have, they have um, more children. And so I think that that would be, that would be a different kind of resiliency than like people that are um, Northern European that are extremely good at surviving in incredibly harsh, cold climates. Uh, but I think that it has something to do with, with people's success. Yeah, I'm sure there probably is some sort of, uh, like any other trait, there probably is some biological predisposition to some extent. I also think and and know that, that quitting is a mentality too. And when you become, when you adopt quitting as a habit, you will do it in, in almost any context in your life. Um, whether it's physical challenge, whether it's mental challenge. And this is one area as a father, I think is going to be, I'll have to think carefully about how I want to teach my children not to quit. I think there's a difference between quitting and I don't know what, how I would phrase the alternative, like moving on from something. Let's put it this way. Yeah. You don't, um, you don't, quit the football team in the middle of the season. But at the end of the season, if you decide that it's not for you, there's nothing wrong with moving on. It's kind of a, a time and place thing. I suppose it's not that you can never quit anything ever. You have to stay committed to whatever it is that you're doing for all time, but it's understanding that you make certain commitments to things and there's a time and a way and a place to leave those commitments properly. And yeah, like you have to fulfill the contract. We don't have to renew it. Yeah, exactly. And, and you need to just cause you don't like something on the first try doesn't mean that you quit there either. There, right. It's, it's, it's going to be very difficult to, to find that balance with my kids. I think I don't, I don't want to raise quitters, but I, I don't want them to feel forced into particular things either. So I don't know that I have that totally fleshed out in my head. Anyway, that's sort of tangentially related to your question. I'm saying that when you have a quitting mentality, that is. I think that's something that is absolutely mm-hmm. like a, a a chosen attitude or a chosen trait that that you have an ability to change and and move on from. And so, I mean, I, th- I think a lot of quitting is a, is a conscious. I think you can adjust yourself consciously. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that just fascinates me from a like psychological standpoint. Um, with that, like, why make why are some people like why do people give up more easily? Why do people just quit that mentality mm-hmm. um, and all the factors go into it. And also like, from a culture perspective, like, do you think we as a culture have the resiliency needed to survive? <laughs> ha, no, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of want to backtrack on my answer though. 
because you look at Africans and they have uh, incredible perseverance in the face of very difficult conditions, but they're extremely unsuccessful in, in Western environments. So they have like a kind of hardiness that we don't, but they don't have the aptitude for uh, success, at least in the conventional way that we see it. So I don't know. Resiliency is contextual. Yeah. Um, do I think that we have like the necessary hardiness? Uh, no, definitely not. If we did, we, we would have already been killing people like 10 years ago. Right. I think you find out a lot too, in a genuine survival situation. And part of the reason that we, we either are weak or perceive ourselves to be weak is we haven't faced genuine survival quite yet. I mean, like you're, you're off the grid. You have to find and store and preserve your own food. You have to, actually battle through the elements and the weather. It's pretty amazing what people are capable of when they have no choice. And yes, you'll find out who's strong and who's weak in that sort of situation very quickly. But I, I guarantee some people will quit. And they like, if we turned off all the conveniences of life today, you would have a lot of people die off and quit in the way that Kim's describing. I think you would have also have a lot of people surprise you with just how resilient they can be when they, they have no choice between survival well it's it's either you do what you have to do to survive or you die yeah and i think you know the whole like weak times make strong men Um, yeah Yeah. i think you know if we're not resilient we're either gonna have to be or we're not going to ever get there yeah the times are still too easy everything is still too convenient that's right on surfaces yeah but uh well, give it give it a few more years or maybe a few more months at this pace and, and maybe we'll be in the sort of scenario that you're talking about. I don't know. Um, but anyway, did you have any final thoughts on it before we let you go? No, that's everything. So good right, talk well, to you. Congrats to your family Likewise. and uh, good to hear from you. Thank you. And we'll catch you next time. Yeah, Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Reinhardt. Uh, we'll try Reinhardt once again. Reinhardt, are you there? Damn you, Reinhardt. I still have Hello. nothing. Oh, there we oh, go. There hey. Go. Now I got Oh, you. shit. Can you hear me? Yeah, yep. now we can. What's on your mind? Well, hey, good luck. I actually had a thought about what kind of games you play with your kids. Video games specifically. Uh-huh. So I kind of grew up playing, grew up playing video games, and I got very addicted to them when I was a young, young mm. kid. And well into my teens, as you know, a lot of kids do, uh, our generation. And so I don't want my kids playing video games. What are your thoughts? Video I, I missed that last part. You don't, your kids, what was the last part? You don't want or do want your kids doing what? I don't want my kids playing video games. Do you think it'd be better to go cold turkey, never ever, or okay. just in moderation as best you can? Well, if your stance is you don't want them playing them at all, you're saying they currently play and you don't want them to play? No, they don't play. I'm wanting, I want to know if you think that's too, too much. Oh, um, I, I expect that I will probably introduce my kids to video games a little bit, but in a pretty controlled way, as in we'll play games together, maybe puzzle games or things that require some kind of, uh, you know, a little bit more critical thinking, problem solving, but I also know that the content of video games, uh, a lot of it is not age appropriate just in terms of its graphics and things like that. 
But you also have the whole danger of the internet too. And that's another reason I would not allow my, my young kids to play video games is it's Mm -hmm. even if you think they're not on the internet, they're probably on the internet these days. Totally. Yeah. It just, it's just so. See, I don't let them have the internet either. Okay. Yeah. That's great. I don't know how long I'm going to keep that up, but no, my oldest is seven. So yeah. it's not really a problem. I would say to answer your question, my, my approach will probably be vi- at least uh, early on video games with me only as like a, you know, a father son fun time thing or something. And we'll you know. see. I've been toying with that idea. I, I don't hate that idea. Yeah. I just feel like it's a slippery slope. Once I've introduced it, they'll want to play more because honestly, yeah. they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, they are cool. And I, I, I Obviously, I've I spent many of I spent far too many of my younger hours playing video games. Yeah. And I look back now and think, what the hell was I doing? I, I mean, I'm just a, it's a lot of wasted time. I could have been doing more productive things. But exactly. weird, I wasted a lot of my youth yeah. just sitting in my room playing video games. In weird ways, it also brought me to where I am now uh, because <laughs> that's why I started on YouTube, too. So it's like I can't well, I can't condemn it entirely. Yeah. Um, to be honest, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, Gamergate is what made me overtly political. Well, yeah, see? It, so it, it it played, it had something <laughs> formational in your life, too. Right. And the only reason I gave a shit about politics, I'm like, why are they trying to put tranny lesbians in my games? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> that's the Sargon thing. <laughs> the Sargon thing was, I, I just wanted to play video games, and here I am. That's it, it why was... I still have a soft spot for Sargon, even though yeah. he's not really our guy. Uh, kind of our guy. I, I will. Yeah. I mean, I, kind of. I will always uh, appreciate Sargon. Sargon is, you know, he's a guy who influenced me in a, in a lot of ways for a long time and still does, frankly. You know, I, what I found though, I've recently started playing Dungeons and Dragons and I find it to be a great alternative to video games because for the mm-hmm. kids, it comes naturally. They're just playing pretend. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's kind of like rediscovering that, childhood embrace of your imagination yeah so that's what we're doing right now for like family game time yeah. and it's a lot of fun so if you haven't tried it maybe look into it yeah i and that's the value that i see the value that i see is spending time with my kids maybe some problem solving strategizing critical thinking but what i don't want is exactly what you're talking about where I've I've inadvertently introduced him to something where he's just mm-hmm. wasting away hours and hours and hours being antisocial and not doing productive things. Uh, so I guess I guess that's why I'll hopefully he's content just to play video games with dad. And then if that's not enough, it's like, well, I guess it's no video games at all. Then maybe maybe then I go to your see, your draconian I, see, approach. That's my thing. I, yeah. I don't want to go to that point where it's like. Well, it turns out this isn't working. And now I have to take away something that he now loves. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. it's wiser never to introduce it in the first place because then they don't crave it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, right. See, that's exactly it. It's like the same thing with junk food. I don't want them to get to know how yeah. delicious junk food is as a kid because yeah. then they'll grow up wanting to eat that shit. You know, if they just don't know about it, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. <laughs> I know what the, my wife and I have already failed on that front with our kid. It's like the junk. He, oh, me too. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. No judgment. He he he's a big fan of the uh, aggressive flavors. You know, spicy food like spicy Cheetos, things like that. It's not like we're oh, feeding no. him these things constantly, but he he has a he has an aggressive palate that he likes to satisfy. And he's only it's okay. He's one and a half, but he 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 likes to eat spicy food and stuff. It's crazy. 
Why don't you give them like mangoes with chili on it? Yeah, we could we could probably figure it out. Be a little more thoughtful, but it's also just kind of fun to watch. Because a mango is like seven dollars. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's true. This is Joe Biden's America. But do you know the joy of this is not the good old days? (laughs) There is such joy in watching your kid experience an intense flavor for the first time. It's so fun. Have you ever given your kid a lime? Oh yeah, yeah. He he loves. Oh, it's hilarious. Or just sour candies, you know, like warhead yeah. type stuff. He's really into that. Um, so, you know, he, he has a good he has a good diet. It's not junk food all the time, but it, it's just so hard to resist some of those fun indulgences because it's so fun to to watch him experience that. And I'm sure video games will be the same way. But Dude, one of my biggest flaws as a parent is coming home after a work week where I've been gone for like three days straight with pizza. Ah, yeah, because the kids are all like, ah. Yeah. Well, you know, daddy's home at the same time. So it's purely self-indulgent and I need to stop because I spoil them with that. Yeah. But it's so, it's, it's so fun as a parent to watch your kids have fun in that way. And, and I know that's the, why uh, the other me. side of it, of just being, being so strict and rigid and trying to protect them from every little thing at the expense of all fun. I don't want to go that far either. I, I want them. I want my children to grow up respecting it is my job as their father, first and foremost, to lead them to a life of discipline. So I, I won't ignore that. That is my job. But I don't want them to associate their dad with nothing but, you know, ice cold, rigid rules all the time and no fun. I, I want them to have a positive experience with their father growing up that includes fun times and and bonding with dad. I got to figure out how to do that. Yeah, that's the knife edge I walk because I want my kids to grow up with a work ethic. And I, but I don't want to seem like a tyrant. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm constantly he- telling them, you know, how important work is and things like that. And I don't know, you can play, play your games in the yard when, when you're done with this. And you know, yeah, it always seems like I'm just hammering down on him. No, that's probably the right strategy is that you earn a little bit of rest and relaxation by doing the productive things first. That's probably the exact right approach. And, and maybe that's something I should consider as I strategize on this. Because that's that's how we as adults have to approach our lives, too. You need to get your productive obligations done before you indulge in any of these sideshows. And as well, yeah, long as that's how I justify it, you know, yeah. but it, it's hard always feeling like the oppressor <laughs> when, but you know, especially when they're just having fun and you just notice it's kind yeah. of gone on for too long and now it's time to get well, stuff done. And that's the thing is it's it you could call it being an oppressor, I guess, but but fundamentally it is our job as fathers and, and for mothers too. But I just think that, uh, well, for parents in general, we have to raise our children in a way such that when they go out into the, the broader world, it makes sense. And they know how to operate in that world. If we teach them yeah. that it's nothing but video games and candy, and you can throw a tantrum if you don't get it. Um, yeah, that's not going to serve them well out there. And you, by out of fear of becoming an oppressor, you've world. actually, yeah, you've you've put them into a spot where the world is going to oppress them instead because they're going to think it operates one way and it doesn't, and the world is going to punish them for that. Yeah, that that's exactly my logic for uh, teaching them not to hit when they're young. Yeah, because you know if you if you let them act like that, you know eventually they're going to hit someone who doesn't love them, and they're going to do horrible things in retaliation. Yeah, exactly. So. You might as well t- teach the hard lesson now. Well, exactly. It's like as a father, there are some hard lessons to be learned. And, and I would rather be a little bit too tough myself in teaching those lessons than to put my kid at the mercy of the world to teach them the tough lessons the hard way. 
that's that's a failure as a parent. If you have to go out in the world and get punched in the face to learn a lesson, that means dad did not do a good job. Yeah, but ages one to three should just be about play. Well, I don't know. Some people, like, yeah, I, I, I draw the line of pushing it, but yeah, I generally agree. If he tries the one, biting one or the hair special. pulling, no. No, no, I'm not saying don't discipline <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. If you don't discipline between the ages of two and three, your kid will be a terrible monster. Yeah. Uh, but, but like, if you look at school curriculum for a three-year-old, they can only do 15 minutes a day. Like they learn everything through interactive play with parents yeah. and with other children. It makes sense. So that's all yeah, they really should my be My six-year-old, I'm sorry, my seven-year-old teaches my three-year-old now, you know, when I'm, I'm not even involved, you know, I just look over from time to time, make sure he's doing it right. So it's right. kind of a lot off my plate. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to let you go, but uh, thanks for uh, for calling in and all the best to you and your family. Hey, thanks, man. Good to talk to you all. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we're due for another break uh, <laughs> over on Rumble. Dick Boner. What a great name. <laughs> Mexican white supremacist, Indian white supremacist. Good to see that diversity is white supremacy's strength. I love this like multicultural Nazi it's thing so that's great. going on this year. It's hilarious. We're truly a multicultural society. Yeah. Um, we're good on Rumble. We're good on DLive. Thank you, guys. And we left off, uh, I think, with Patriot Front over on Tippy Stream. We're not we're feds, not f- we promise. Oh. Yeah, you believe Sorry. us, right? I don't know no. what to think of Patriot Front, man. People say they're real. I don't know. I also don't. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. Greg Williams. We were not founded as a Christian nation, nation, and thank God for that. The majority of our forefathers spent their post-war days picking up different women from bars and nightclubs of their day. And remember, uh, they freed... Am I retarded? Is from a Christian tyranny? Uh, freed us. It must, it must read. Oh, they freed us from a Christian tyranny. Well, they, they were uh, largely religious. Most of them. I think. Didn't we talk? There was there was one atheist, one Catholic. I don't know a lot about the the uh, specific denominations of the founding fathers. I know that that general belief in God was a, a fairly popular concept, but denominations. But uh, founding fathers. He also says, furthermore, the Christians were the biggest opposition to the freedoms guaranteed in the Constitution. Our forefathers were constantly fending off attempts from the churches to restrict our freedoms. The church hates freedom as much as the left. Yeah, I um, I would agree insofar as I don't think that the the government is the appropriate tool for installing or instilling virtue or morality in the people. Now, it is a tool for pursuing justice, I suppose. You kill someone, we need to uh, we need to pursue and achieve justice for that crime. But what mm-hmm. what I mean when I say morality is how you shape, craft, organize your own life that there are better and worse ways to do that better and worse choices to make in that pursuit. And that you make those choices by considering some, some higher philosophy. It's not the government that tells you, you know, you should probably eat that carrot instead of that cupcake or something like that. There's gotta be something that guides your life. What is that? And I think, at least in my understanding, and I'm not the expert, but in my understanding, I think a lot of the founding fathers would have granted some sort of higher moral framework to guide those decisions. It's just not the it's not the government. And I, I agree with that assessment. Um, but I would just uh, my only concern with it is that's not to say that we live in, in some world where uh, total freedom 
is the ultimate goal. Total freedom from government to a sense, but total freedom in that all decisions are equally valid and equally valuable. Definitely not. There's got to be some sense to those decisions that you make that, that uh, provides structure and value in your life. And where does that come from? I don't know if not from God, that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Oh, let's see who's next. Uh, Blue Viper. North face will for sure be fine with the whole woke garbage. I'm not thinking they have a significant conservative face. I don't know. Conservative. I, I liked North face. It's just this, this pandering is so annoying. I, I don't even boycott people anymore. It's just so pervasive. <laughs> REI is the worst in the industry. Oh, they were so awful. About outdoor stuff. Encampment. Yeah. North face might be close behind. Patagonia is terrible too. Not Patagonia, but Patagonia. Oh, I thought this was a Patagonia North face thing that she was just called. She's called Patagonia. Patty. Like P A T T Y. Gonia. Uh, unaffiliated with Patagonia, the brand, I think, but well, that's confusing. Yeah, if, uh, maybe Patagonia has a lawsuit to file on that one. I don't know. I don't. I think but they're going to be super jazzed what, about that. What drives me nuts, not that it's valid in other areas, but when they make like REI will make claims, we're trying to make the outdoors more inclusive. Like you walk outside, talk about there are there are literally no barriers. You walk into the wilderness that. There's nobody blocking anybody from that. The idea that even Yellowstone National Park has had these initiatives in the last few years. We're trying to get more black people to visit Yellowstone. They don't like it. All right. Black people don't book vacations to Yellowstone. They just don't. There's nobody, at least at least in a comparable percentage. Uh, That's fine. There's nobody at the gate in Yellowstone saying like doing racial evaluations, saying you must be this white to enter. If black people don't want to go to Yellowstone, that's fine. I don't know what to tell you, Yellowstone National Park or REI or any. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just silliness that it, that there's some sort of barrier. I know. In the wilderness context. Thunderstorm right, says hi. Uh, hi, Thunderstorm. Yeah, let's uh, come back to these at the end of the stream. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, and we'll get right back to the calls. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Tree sap. You're good to go. If you're ready. Hey, how's it going? We are well, what's on your mind? Well, um, I don't really have much. Um, I do want to say that you're totally right about citizen King. Thank you. Uh, Me about that. (laughs) Go on. Please talk for 10 minutes about how right I am. No, um, yeah, and then um, I also just wanted to say, you know, um, even though Danger Spaces does a great job, you know, that um, I kind of miss you harassing Blonde for keeping people on time on calls, you know? Well, we did try that for a little <laughs> for while, a while, but it just, yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, it, it's really tough to do because to hold everybody to the exact same limit, right? Um, j- there's a lot of assumptions in that. There's a lot of assumptions in the topic that the person wants to discuss and whether it fits in that. And and then there's assumptions about the level of interest we have in a back and forth. Some, sometimes someone brings a thought that just really gets both of us going and we want some time to, to go back and forth on that. Other times, you know, maybe it's just, it's a quicker topic by nature. So right. yeah, I, I tried it, but you know, as, as you are well aware, it just, it, it's, it seems like right. it's sort of a square peg round hole kind of thing. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just, you know, it was fun. It was, uh, it's like a pastime for the show, you know, harassing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Not keeping you on time. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I found the, uh, the comment you made, uh, the, uh, about the religious comment you made earlier, uh, about making Jesus the center of your life interesting. Um, so, well, that was, uh, that Orwell's was, um, ghost, yeah. Orwell's ghost who made that yeah. point that just kind of stuck in my mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it that, you know, why, why did that uh, stick out for you? Well, I guess when I think about it, it's like, yeah, I've, I've built all these things in my life. I've built um, this kind of YouTube niche that I have that I really enjoy. That led me to my wife in a marriage. Of course, I'm very thankful and happy to have, which has led me to my son and hopefully, uh, you know, my son and daughter forthcoming. And all of these things have come into my life. Um, I would say a lot of that is through decisions and effort that I have put forth, but a lot of it is just, it's the way things worked out in such a precise, perfect way that seems like they were supposed to. And now that a lot of things have come together to give me and my family, the future that I'd always hoped for, it's like, Oh yeah. Now I, now I look for, for God, you know, it's like how convenient that, you've got things organized the way you want. And now you think now you've kind of got this. Now you have like the luxury of looking for that. When in fact, this may have right. been responsible for everything that I have so far. And I just couldn't be what I couldn't be bothered to look for it or something. When, so when he says, when he said, um, how, how exactly did he phrase it? You, you, you build your life around God or Jesus rather right. than, building God or Jesus around your life. I feel like that latter part that just introspectively, it makes me feel like, did I do that? Did I, did I build my life first and then think like, Oh yeah, well like how does God fit into this? Mm -hmm. When in fact that was backward. That's kind of why it stuck with me. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, on the other hand, you might say that for some people, I don't necessarily agree with this, but a, a lot of people that I know would say that they're waiting for bad things to happen to people and then they'll come to God, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, and so you could also look at it as given that you now have everything set up in life, more or less. Now you're searching for God takes a level of humility where you could just be putting that on yourself and saying, God never did anything for me. And I don't need him, right? Because I made everything I have, you know. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, I wouldn't beat yourself too much, uh, beat yourself up too much no, about it. But. I wouldn't say that I feel like <laughs> like I'm a bad guy or guilty or something. It's just, um, <laughs> yeah. But, but there's there's value in having those introspective thoughts and and being humbled sure. in that way. We were talking about that earlier. Like, yeah. What? Why? I don't know. I I just feel like a a lot of clues have been presented to me for years. And I've, I feel like I'm doing an honest exploration now and I'm trying, but there were a lot of years where it's like, ah, yeah, whatever. Maybe that's real. Maybe it's not, but I didn't, I didn't do an honest exploration of it. And I, yeah, well, life gets really serious when you have kids. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's not a guilt thing. It's just like, uh, what, what, what was I doing kind of thing? It's looking back at your younger years and thinking, what the hell was I doing? But I guess everybody feels like that. Yeah. 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 And you should, I mean, life is lived forward and understood backward. It's 
perhaps yeah. the greatest tragedy of yeah, life. Yeah, if you don't it? feel like that, then either you had it all figured out, which is doubtful, or um, you're not thinking, you know, enough. Do but, you remember being a teenager and thinking, just feeling invincible, like nothing ever was going to happen to you, or like you could handle anything that that, hap- that happened to you in your life? You just have no freaking clue how serious things get. You, you have no idea. I mean, it, and then when you have a family and you realize that your kid could die, that's when you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I had no yeah. idea the gravity of day-to-day existence until this. And that's right. when people get really serious about religion. I mean, so I don't know that I have a problem with people doing it um, for for basically any reason, right? Yeah, I, I'd say any reason's good, a good reason. Um, yeah. But I kind of wonder, because I know I've watched you struggle with the question publicly, mm-hmm. right? Um, is there something, I mean, I was, I was thinking about this in the context, I, I have some people in my own life who I think uh, struggle in a, a similar way. Um, and is there, is for example the reality of certain events does that stop you from you know fully becoming invested like for example the resurrection of jesus christ ah well yeah i'm invested in what in the in religion in the faith yeah oh yeah I, i would say yeah the the struggle for me is connecting those dots because there is in the context of of what i have in my life which yeah, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for our future that we're building, and I feel like there's some sort of force that guides me to make the decisions necessary to achieve that. I've felt it working in my life even recently with this move that's coming and everything that's going on with the next kid and stuff. It's like I just feel compelled to make certain choices. I know when it's time, and it, it has to happen now, and then everything falls into place. And it's 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 miraculous when that happens. It's unbelievable. It's 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 a very crazy feeling. It's it's like I'm guided by someone else's hand or something like that. And I right. feel that very clearly. And it's one of those things that's it's 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 crazy because it's it, it's something that seems obvious internally, but it's hard to explain. You know, it's hard to explain with words. And so I and and, and another piece of that is I, I can I can see the rules to the world. I can see what good behavior and bad behavior is and what a good life lived and a bad life lived is. And I can see their structure to that. And it's not just that, you know, we made that up with a vote or something. And it's something that that's, that's inherent to this world. How do I connect those kind of big abstract concepts to the specifics of biblical teachings, like the resurrection or all of the events of Jesus's life and everything else? Um, that's connecting those two dots is a struggle for me. And I haven't found that yet, but I'm still searching. And in the same way, I describe how a lot of events in my life are, are just kind of compelled by this guiding force that I feel for the same reason. I feel compelled to carry on with the Bible study and additional exploration of this. I, I I haven't had that aha moment, but I don't want to quit at all. I want to keep doing it. Yeah. Why? I don't really know. I can't like, I, again, right. it's like, I just know that I'm supposed to, even though I can't explain to you exactly why I know that's kind of yeah. unsatisfying, but it's, it's yeah. like a, I'm just compelled to, you know? No. Yeah. I, I, I totally get it. I mean, uh, I, I had a, I would say, I guess, similar experience. It's hard to, it's also hard to describe whenever it's happening. Right. Uh, because oftentimes you don't 
you don't even recognize it until much later, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. But I had a similar experience, um, you know, when I was like about 14 or so. Um, somebody from my church would come to pick me up on Sundays regularly. And, uh, you know, I, I would often just ignore him. Right. So he'd knock on the door. I wouldn't go answer or whatever, but he was really persistent. And, you know, for some reason that pushed me to go, well, look, I need to kind of figure out if this is something I'm going to want to do in life or not. And so I should probably actually investigate it. And the, the weird thing about that is why would a 14 year old have that thought? Right. Like, you know, all I cared about before that point was playing video games. And so, yeah, there's a lot of weird ways in which these things, um, you know, happen in life. And the, the only thing I think I can say and not, you know, like give advice or whatever in this space, but is what, what really helped me to understand the reality of that is the humility and understanding that I needed forgiveness for the mistakes I've made and truly seeking that out. And then when I had my own personal experience with that, and I felt that God had forgiven me for things that I'd done, that's when the reality of Jesus Christ really made an impact in my life. And so, how did you know that God forgave you? It's hard because if you don't feel that, I don't know how else you get there. You know, so it was a feeling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a it was an experience, but something that I felt for sure. Hmm. Well, thank you for the thoughts. I, I appreciate the conversation, and I I I feel pretty strongly that I'm on something of a trajectory like that. Uh, and I, I know it can be frustrating for for people who, who want me to have uh, some big epiphany and perhaps that's coming. But I, I don't know. I, I feel more in tune with these concepts than I ever have in my life. Yeah, and, and we'll see where it goes from there. It's, like I said, it's it's like some guiding it's some guiding hand, man. I'm right. Jesus took for the sure. wheel, man. I'm just riding shotgun uh, <laughs> and eventually we'll get to our destination, I guess. Um right. For sure. But yeah, All I right, appreciate well. the thoughts, man. And, uh, and thank yeah. you for your insight. Yeah. Good talk. To you. Bye. You as well. Bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, we've got time for a couple more. Atlas is up next. Atlas. Are you there? Hello. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, yes sir. Uh, What's on your mind? There we go. Yeah, there's a lot, you know. We've got gerontic megalomaniacs in government. Yeah. We got joggers jogging everywhere. They really are. Well, We've now got they're moonwalking. Pump it's really uh it's a... wait, sorry, what was the last one? Sorry. To... We've got the forthcoming pause in June. Ah, yes. Okay. Do you know what pausing is? Well, I figured like this being was paused. Like yes. P-O-Z-Z. Yeah. If you know it, then I, I won't go. I, into well, I guess I, I, I was just inferring a Pride Month reference, but are you getting at something else? Yes, okay. yes, that, that, was, that was it. All right. And another thing, uh, not to be racist, but um, <laughs> why do white people keep naming their girls boy names? Yeah, okay. I'll take that. It is, uh, it is a trend. Now, how do you feel about this one? Because uh, we don't know if we're having a boy or a girl. I have no idea. But uh my wife is partial to the name charlotte it's an option 
I oh, am not so a pretty. huge fan of it, but what? You know, I, what? I, I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to take up. a. am not going to make a huge fight of it. So it's a possibility. What do you think of a girl's a girl named Charlie to this theme, like nickname Charlie short for Charlotte? I mean, that that's fine. Like if I know what the original is, then that's fine with me. It's got to be I like Charlie Billy for a girl, too. I think that's cute. Short so for what be short for. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in the 20s, it was a common girl's name, but it was spelled B-I-L-L-I-E. I think that may, it might have been Elizabeth, short for Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Billy, girls. Name. Billy. Yeah. Willow or know. Willa. Hmm. Billy is a nickname. For oh, okay. Kind of like Bill and William, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry to detour on that. Did you want to talk about that in detail or were you going somewhere else? Well, I was actually going to ask if you minded if I might throw in some suggestions. Uh, for <laughs> the, well, it's <laughs> you are more than welcome to. I can't guarantee they will be uh, selected, but if you have suggestions, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, hey, Bonnie Elizabeth. Um, well, one for me personally was uh, Elsie, which hmm. is short for Elspeth, which is the Scottish spelling of Elizabeth. Hmm. But I like Elsie better. Hmm. That's cute. Pair it with Elsie May. Cute. Super cute. Yeah. I'm um, trying to get the next kid named Daisy May, and my husband is not into it. I like the name Daisy. That's a character from uh, Lil Abner, if I recall correctly. What? Really? Yeah, it's a um, really old comic strip. I think your grandparents would know. He thinks it's too cute, but I'm like, yeah, she can never have a real job. Perfect. <laughs> Daisy May, the lawyer, never going to happen. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. And for boys, I was thinking, would you be open to maybe Edward or James? I like both those names. Edward names. is my dad's middle name. It's in Ooh, the family. Really? But I don't know. I, I don't think I would do an Eddie or an Edward for my son's You'd have to name. call him Edward. Yeah. A little stuffy. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think I would pick that one, James. Um, oh, and Jimmy. I don't necessarily have a problem with James, but James is James is like my name. It's well worn at this point. You know, it's like I grew up, every class I had when I was growing up. There's like five other mats in it. A lot of Jameses out there. Oh, so you think James is overused now? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's taken a break. Maybe maybe James is not as used as it commonly was before. Hmm. How a, about uh, Oliver? I like uh, that. I think my wife likes that name. I I don't think it's what I would pick, but I have no I have no logic or reason to to what I would pick. It's just I like that or I don't. But I guess uh, is there supposed to be a set of rules that you're that you follow? I don't know. For naming kids. Yeah, I, I guess you just either. Well, like I don't it know don't. if it if it's. If it's on the top 10 most popular list, like I know Oliver is up there and Charlotte is up there, but yeah. I still feel they're still too uncommon. Like they're still like old, yeah. you know? Like another one, it's not on the top 10, but um, Millicent. I really love Millicent. Millicent. Is that a, a girl's name? I love that name. Yeah. Huh. And yeah, I think Millicent, Millie is so a, cute. Yeah, that's a friend name uh melisande i think it's the french form yeah it's really pretty 
Mm. All right. Maybe I should pitch that to my husband. Well, uh, we got to let you go, but did you have any other nominations before we finish up? Mm, let's see. There was Millicent. Uh, let's see. Ada. I like Ada, that. Which my that? husband said no to yeah. because it's the American Disability Act. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Everyone's going to think she wants a nice. wheelchair ramp everywhere. That's almost exactly what he said. He's like, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't hate it. Uh, nobody's going to look at that name and think ADA. That's what I told him. Um, yeah. He's on well, It's it. short for Adelaide. Oh, yeah. No, Ada, Ada is a standalone name. It was really popular and, um, in the 30s. See if I can think of a last one here. Oh, Dorothy. That's my grandma's name. Yeah, and then Dottie is a cute nickname for Dorothy. I like all these names. Millicent. See, thank you, Blonde. We go <laughs> find some agreement. Okay. Hey, did you rule out Silas? Oh, Silas. yeah, we were never going to take that. Okay. Silas is, is my that, boy's name. That was always yours, yeah. My wife really likes it, but uh, I don't know. That, I'm, I'm going to say out of respect for you, I said no. But no, it's not my pick. But uh, okay. And I put I put my foot down on that. And so we settled on Calvin. We're not. Okay. I said, we're not going to steal that name from Blonde. We're just going to name our son after Blonde's dog in her honor instead. My great Pyrenees who eats his own poop. Well yeah. done. That's how it was all decided. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks for calling. I didn't think anybody was wanna, going to want to call in and talk baby names. Yeah, had a completely different topic to talk about uh, next, but I guess that'll be for the next time. All right. Sounds good. Have a great night. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Oh man, I think uh, Dangerous Spaces might have let him go because he thought we were out of time. But um, the eye guy, did you get your eye yet? No, I did pay for my eye. So it hasn't so arrived. Was, it isn't has it Buddha Fett who's the eye guy? Yes. Uh, he was He was in the waiting room, but I think Dangerous Spaces just let him go. Oh, we'd talk on Instagram if you wanted to update me. He would Maybe when you it. receive the eye, we could uh, have a conversation about it. I'm really excited. Hmm. What's the uh, ETA? When is this thing showing up? Well, he picked it up from the funeral home about a week ago so okay i had to pay to get his eyeball released from a funeral home isn't that weird how is it shipped does it show up in regular mail or what's the process i don't know i don't know man i assume that he knows how to do all this stuff i figure the uh like the cartel members will deliver it to you oh it's awesome it's like it's perfect because it's also like damaged and so it looks like a cataract over the eye huh so it's all glassy and shit it's just gonna be so awesome is it going next to the toe or where is it going It'll go in the room with the toe. Uh, they each get their own dedicated wall. For sure. Yeah. I have like I have a toe shrine in yeah. one of my rooms. XFD. Are you there? Are you Hi. What's uh, uh what's on your mind? Yeah, so uh something that's Blonde said uh about acknowledging uh the Pope. There's something fishy going on with Catholicism and the mm-hmm. having a Pope as a spokesperson for Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh I just wanted to to share some scripture from First Timothy two five. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it reads as, "For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus." Um, so I grew up in a very Catholic part of the U.S. Um, and. Uh, had a lot of friends who were used to the structure of priests and bishops and archbishops and praying to the saints and the Pope as a spokesperson for Christ on earth. And um, it's it's something that 
when you when you have Christ as your savior, um, and you acknowledge that he's he's the one who did the work on the cross to atone for your sins, um, the the concept of apostolic succession and having to have um, a spokesperson on earth uh, just doesn't really square very well. Um, so, Blonde, I would encourage you to, to look at churches uh, other than the Roman Catholic Church, um, even though there's a lot of tradition there. Uh, I think you're um, beginning to, to find that there's, um, uh, there's something that is, is not right with um, the church when you have a pope who's the almost infallible person um, yeah. in charge of everything. Okay. No, just okay. I thought you, I thought you were going to have a like, uh, some some uh, impassioned rebuttal. No, yeah. I mean I'm I'm I have major issues with Catholicism. Mm -hmm. I'm clearly like ripe mm -hmm. to hear these these arguments. You sound I, defeated. I, you went from Protestant nonsense to just defeatism. I don't know that I can ever that I can ever truly be involved in a Protestant church. Like if yeah. if I'm going to leave Catholicism, I'm going to be orthodox or i'm just going okay. to give up on the whole thing i think okay so don't <laughs> what, don't give up on the whole, th whole thing well, uh, can Do i not ask, give up the whole thing okay go, go can i ask that. a completely uninformed question that people will ridicule me for asking why is orthodox it. not considered protestant uh, i think so, pro oh proceed thank you Blunt. um yeah so protestantism refers to specifically the Reformation, uh -huh. uh, which was done by Martin Luther, I believe, in 1517. Okay, so, so it just predates? Were, uh, yeah, so the who schismed from who in the Catholic-Protestant divide is contentious. And as an evangelical in America, it's not my place to um, have impassioned views about that. Um, but there were Anabaptist reformers as well as John Wycliffe and Jan Hus who preceded uh, Martin Luther in schisming from, or sorry, from ref trying to reform the church. And for that, I believe Luther was excommunicated. Okay. And I think so was Hus and maybe even Wycliffe. So I guess I've just, I've conceptualized Protestant to mean non-Catholic, but really that means denominations that branched off of the Catholic church after Martin Luther. Yes. So okay. you can think of Protestantism as an attempt to reform the church. Yeah. So a few of the traditions like Anglicanism and Lutheranism are very similar to Protestantism, um, but they deny the papal infallibility in the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. Um, and then there's a few different branches of Orthodoxy, and then there's a few Eastern churches that also have popes, um, like the Coptic Church still has a pope. So, Blonde, uh, going back to your options, don't walk away from Christ. Uh, your eternal soul is not worth it. Or, or rather, keeping your eternal salvation is, is worth it. Um, and uh, walking in alignment with, with God is, is important. Um, if you want to go look into orthodoxy, you can. However, um, I feel like what, from what you said about not being Romanian or um, Greek or whatever, um, you culturally will fit in less well at an Orthodox church than you would at an Evangelical or a Protestant church. Yeah, I know. And uh, I under understand that you you have great distaste for the Protestant non nonsense that goes on. <laughs> um, 
I don't so, want to so, go into a church and see somebody playing a guitar. That's that's all. Yeah, okay. Is that not okay, allowed um, in Catholicism? No guitars. I mean, informally, it's not allowed. Ah. Yeah. So blondes, um, the the denomination you might be interested in is the Plymouth Brethren. The only instrumentation they allow is like, uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say speak broadly, but from my experience, they only would have a piano as accompaniment or Fine. a. Uh, or an organ if it was at a larger uh, local church. And I will also with... allow one chime. Okay, and women <laughs> are also not allowed to talk in Plymouth. Brethren awesome. Games. Well, what's this? Yeah. Th- All right, I found I'm the listening. denomination for me. <laughs> okay, yeah. Holy cow. Uh, yeah, so Plymouth Brethren, women are not allowed to talk. They what's to the punishment for talking? What happens if they do? I, I, it's one of those things where like it's it's such a well-known rule, no one even tries. They don't even dare. So they must have done yeah. some real punishment yeah. way back when it's, to... Uh, to enforce it it's it's very well ordered the women are like the women are very well um uh behaved like most of them don't yeah. even work they get married when they're like 23 um they wear den- denim skirts that are ankle length at least um, would re- hmm. i would super fit in i dress really modestly just... <laughs> yeah you you would really like it Wear denim for all time and shut the hell up. (laughs) That's uh, that's Blonde's future. uh, We we got to wrap this up, but uh, if you have a final thought, go for it. Uh, Yeah, just uh, I'll be praying for both of you. um, Thank you. uh, Your walk with the Lord, um, or rather, like in Matt's case, finding finding God, and Blonde's case, uh, your walk with the Lord. Um, Yeah. A last thing, uh, your one caller who was saying that Wisconsin is farther north than Coeur d'Alene or Billings. uh, It's not true. Uh, okay, Wisconsin that is... sounded weird, but I don't know enough to push back because I'm always afraid people are going to think I'm an idiot. The okay. northern yeah, so... edge of Wisconsin might be north of where I am, but not by yeah. much. Yeah, but his kid's probably not going that far north. Wisconsin yeah. is the northernmost state that does not have a land border with Canada. Ah, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. It doesn't. But that's um, your trivia for the day. But yeah, Blonde, here. Blonde's in, in North Idaho, and I'm in kind of like the southwest part of the state. So there's a lot of Montana that's way north yeah, I'm, of here. I'm like an hour to Canada. Though. Yeah. But uh, all right, man. Well, thanks for the call. Appreciate the insight. Sweet. Thanks. Bye. Okay. That will do it on calls this evening. Appreciate all the callers. If you would like to... Uh, or if you're having trouble calling in, you're trying to call in but uh, not able to do it, or you'd like to participate in the show but you can't do it live, you can send us an email question. The one and only way to do that is through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. That's how we collect them. And we'll answer those um, at the uh, at the end of the stream as we do each and every week, and we will right now. Uh, Nathan says, what is your definition of natural rights? We are all we all rightfully mock the penumbras and enumerations phrase uh, used in Roe versus Wade, but it is an unmistaken fact that the Bill of Rights and Constitution is just an enumeration of some rights and that it does not uh, preclude or exclude others within your definition of natural rights. What is an example of the right you believe uh, that we have that is not enumerated as in constitutionally enumerated? Well, it's it's. You're right that it's hard to give a very strict black and white. Here's the definitive list of natural rights and here's the list of things that are not. But in general, the concept of natural rights just comes from the idea that we can observe human beings in a state of nature behaving in a certain way, trying to build prosperous lives for themselves, uh, exerting their labor on the natural resources of the world to build something 
more hospitable for their own survival. And in general, most people are doing that without the government telling them to do that or without some artificial force making them do that. There's just something natural about that human purpose that leads people to do that. And and from that, that's where this concept of natural rights is deduced. And so if you respect that that human purpose on this planet, you're going to you got guy over there who's building a whole farm off the, you know, the uh, the completely wild land. If you understand that he's operating according to some human purpose, you have a moral obligation to respect what he's doing over there. He has exerted his labor on that land. He's built a nice log house. He has a bunch of livestock and he feeds his family. And there's something inherent to the value and purpose of that life that he's living. Therefore, you'd be wrong to go over there and just take his shit. Exactly. That's the general concept. Now, granted, again, that doesn't necessarily give us a, a, a list of X, Y, and Z that this includes and A, B, and C that it does not. But I'll give you an example of one that is not necessarily included in the Bill of Rights that, well, maybe it is actually, I suppose. Um, but the right to your own labor, I think, is is very clearly a natural rights concept. Nobody owns your labor but you. Mm-hmm. Nobody can can uh, direct you to use your labor in any particular way that you want without your consent. Otherwise that's, that's slavery. That's why there has to be some exchange. There has to be some consent when you provide your labor to another person. Constitutionally, you have a right to, to property, or at least your property can't be taken away from you without due process of law, but we don't necessarily have a, an explicit protection of the right to your own labor. Well, I guess we do through the 13th amendment. You can't be, you can't be a slave. That's sort of a, a, an indirect way of saying it. We don't have a, an, a, an affirmative declaration that you and only you are the sole owner of your own labor. Right. Except for under the, the umbrella of property. Uh, so maybe that one, like if I had to think of, um, like, is that, a, is that a valid penumbra right? The right to your own labor or did they, should they of have course. included no, no, that one a little bit more? Well, it's, it's interesting. Like the Supreme Court, uh, there was a there's a whole host of cases on the right to contract and whether that is, in fact, a constitutional right or not. And that originally was held to be one, but it's been chipped away, eroded. I think that might be completely overturned at this point. I have to go back and remember my constitutional law. But the right to contract is is inferred based on that that whole concept that you alone own your labor. If you have a constitutional right to your labor, you by extension would have a constitutional right to the terms through which your labor is provided by contract. But that was invalidated uh, to make way for all sorts of labor laws, like minimum wage laws and hourly restrictions and all of these things. Um, And that's an interesting area of constitutional law that Nathan probably has a a point. Should there be a penumbra right to contract or was that properly decided? suppose they should have been more explicit just to cover all the bases. Yeah, maybe. But uh, thoughtful question, Nathan. Thank you. Oh, sorry. These are all bolded. Um, cheese maker. When are we as Americans going to do something about the millions of illegal immigrants coming into our country? Anytime an American is killed by an illegal immigrant, there should be an outrage all around the country because that person shouldn't have been here to begin with. Uh, what is it going to take for Americans to start fighting back against this huge problem? I have been asking myself this question for nigh on 15 years now. I mean, what what are what is it going to take for people to push back? I made a video called called that one. 
<laughs> uh, I think that it's going to take a lot of uh, deeper parts of America becoming border towns. Basically, uh, we're kind of getting to that point where you got New York City saying we can't have any more immigrants at this point. We're out of room. Um, right. But the, but the fact of the matter is still that experiences for places like El Paso or a bunch of you know border towns in Arizona are drastically different than places like where we live. I mean, we do have drug trafficking and stuff on the interstate here, but we don't have the entire like immigrant encampment on our street that you might see in El Paso or any of these border towns. I, th- right. I think it's going to take people having a much more direct firsthand experience. That's the only way that that's going to change. Will that change people though? I mean, look at the situation we have in, Los Angeles and people are still, you know, ordering their oat milk matcha lattes or whatever the fuck and just going about their business like it's no big deal. Someone has to milk the oats. Who's going to do that if not for illegal (laughs) immigrants? You know, who will do the false flags? Um, There there were a lot of great jokes made about the Indian Nazi about that, like doing the jobs that Americans just won't do. do, I think that the American ability to uh, tolerate disruption in their daily lives is considerably higher than previously uh suspected at least by me hmm. the old molly tibbets thing I, more tacos well he had a pretty direct experience uh molly yeah, tibbets i don't dad. know how you can have much more of a direct experience than that even he's not like get out of this country yeah um well i think in this in the context of illegal immigration as in the context of a lot of problems in this country it's just not bad enough yet it's not uh we're not even at the levels of discomfort necessary, let alone at the uh, let let alone at the uh, the levels of uh, of desperation or survival that it's might really a, bad. A change I should not extrapolate this. Molly, I shouldn't continually extrapolate this. Molly Tibbetts' dad experience to other people. Um, however, I think that we're we're seeing that phenomenon a lot in Europe as well. I thought that when when migrants started raping people's daughters, that they would stop with this refugees welcome horseshit, but it's still happening. So, I think that it is part of the cultural milieu or at least it has become so in Terabang, hi matt and blonde on last week's show you had a caller who talked about how culture is shaped by law and matt was surprised that someone would choose how they behaved based on what is legal or what is not legal Uh, this discussion made me think more about the subject i hadn't considered it before but i'm leaning toward thinking most people at least half are incapable of doing any less than they can get away with could you discuss more on the topic thanks yeah i um I don't know. Well, maybe surprise is a, is a way to characterize it. Just to me, I, I don't decide my behavior in moral terms based on what the state of Montana or what the federal government tells me to do. Now, that doesn't mean that they're always wrong. I think that murder laws are perfectly morally square. But the reason I choose not to murder is not because the state of Montana tells me that they'll put me in prison if I do it. The reason I choose mm-hmm. not to murder is because there is a moral rule to the universe that tells me it is bad to do that. It would be wrong for me to violate someone else's right to life and take that life from them. If the state of Montana makes it legal to murder tomorrow, I'm not going to do any murdering. And it's because there's some legal framework that guides my behavior. And I I would hope that that is the case for most people. But I think to the point that the caller was making, and perhaps in Terrabang here, there might be a hell of a lot more amoral people than i realize where in fact they think they go through life thinking what can i get away with rather than what should i do affirmatively like what is good behavior to 
to do. Instead, it's if I can get away with it, I should. And that's that is uh, that is just well, it's 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 sad commentary on the state of our society. if, If that is how a critical mass of people think. But I don't know that I. I don't know that I know a lot of people in my personal life who think that way, who would commit even petty crime if it was perfectly legal to do. Well, I think that we've eliminated that, um, that, that middle preventive layer of, of, uh, social respect and social shame and social expectations. Like there was petty theft and stuff in Victorian England and there was still crime and, some rape and murder, but it is like, it's like nothing that we have going on right now. Because once you entered into the criminal world, you would never be able to uh, be returned to polite society. And now it's like Adnan Saeed is writing a fucking book and he raped and killed somebody. Yeah. Well, I don't know. And I don't know a lot about that, uh, that story, but it, it does seem like bullshit from the outside without looking at it in full detail, I guess. But, um, yeah, I guess, I guess the the big theme of that discussion might be another slap of reality. Obviously, I want a world in which people are rational actors capable of self-governance. That's right. the world that I want. Do we live in that world or do we not? Are people, in fact, generally speaking, not capable of self-governance? Ooh, that sucks. Clearly not. But not. Uh, that might be reality. Yep. It's, it's the world that you... Um desire to live in versus the world you actually do live in. I know that's hard for you to come to terms with. People are stupid. Many, just many, not all, just many. Most. Um, Charlie says, (laughs) Blonde, do you find it difficult to manage the cognizance of being extreme pro-life and a white supremacist? Um, I would never call myself a white supremacist. Like we talked about with uh, Kim and resiliency, there are people in the world that have superior skills. Like I'm never going to be able to run a 100 mile marathon in the sub-Saharan desert. Whereas a Kenyan could probably do it and to be fine. That person is physically superior to me. Uh, Chinese have higher average IQ, but lack humanity. Like, I don't think that white people are like the end all be all. I live in North Idaho. Every day I see somebody that weighs more than 400 pounds. Like I have to deal with white trash. I don't think that white people are, better than every other race. Uh, I do have a, a Europe, Western European pride about me. Um, do, do I find any cognitive dissonance in this? No. How are these even conflicting worldviews? I guess it, to try to understand it, it would be if you wanted non-white people dead or something, but or if you were in favor of aborting non-white babies. Which I'm not. Yeah. Who would but, milk the oats? exactly thank you right we need those jobs done um but if we if we don't understand the the cognitive dissonance charlie you can you can uh email back and we can clarify but yeah i'm not sure i i'm not sure i follow the contradiction there i don't see uh, even if you wanted to say white people are the superior race period if you wanted to take that position i don't see necessarily how that's in conflict with a pro-life position no not at all or i would advocate for um a black abortion. Like, it well, would have we, to be some kind of advocacy of death for non-white people. This is so stupid because as far as I ever get is, is saying that um, voluntary segregation is the kindest solution to multiculturalism. And that's true. I mean, we're, we're, we're at each other's throats in this country. Well, and 
as much as uh, blonde might speak in terms of groups or generalizations from time to time, when it comes to head spikes walls, head spikes walls, it's always individuals. That's totally true. And it's always white people. Commonly. Yeah. Who do I talk about killing the most? It's like Nancy Pelosi and Fauci and <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> Two uh, in Sorry. You have to read this. Two yeah. in the pink, one in the stink. What is something that is illegal that you would make legal if you could? Well, this is a hard question to answer because 98% of laws shouldn't exist. Yet when somebody asks me about it, I can't think like uh, all the legal minutia, like none of that should exist. This is a weird way of thinking about it, but keeping all the money that you earn, as in most oh, forms yeah. of taxation are illegitimate, yeah. especially at the federal level. It needs to be left to the states to determine how to raise their own revenue. The federal government could do their, you could handle it through tariffs. You could handle it through other means of taxation that at least have some form of consent or a voluntary component. Um, so what would I make legal if I could? Tax evasion. The, deleting the IRS. That's that's what I'd probably do first and foremost. Oh, um, gosh. All the property taxes. Um, oh, yeah. Well, what else? Okay, let's think outside of this realm. Pistol so. braces. <laughs> in, in, uh, in like, although it looks like there's some signs now that maybe I won't become a felon you know, a week from oh, tomorrow. Good. So excellent. They're, they're really down to the wire to, on this one <laughs> to the ATF. Well, I was thinking, I'm like, damn, I'm moving right on time because once those people move in here, the ATF's going to kick down their door and say, where are your pistol braces? And I'm going to be sitting a few <laughs> miles away with my feet kicked up, drinking a fine adult beverage and laughing at the whole situation. That's that's, that's how that's going to play out. Oh, somebody just said dueling in the live chat. I like oh, that. Oh, you know, that's really that's a really interesting moral concept, too. Like. To the extent that two guys agree to fight to the death, they consent to it. Should that or should that be legal or should it not? Um, I think that there are moral considerations there beyond just the consent. That is to say, there's value to human life beyond just whether you consent to yours ending or not. So even though there's a part of me that appreciates the gentlemanly justice of it, I'm. I would probably. I think I'm still going to say dueling should probably not be legal. Just no. from a from a value of human life perspective. Uh, but I could see the argument. And if we're going to have, do you want government settling these problems, or do you want two men settling it like men? I both want two their, men settling it like men. Both may have their downsides, but the government's downsides are pretty damn bad. Oh, we might have to hurry up. All we right. got a ton yeah, of questions left. Oh my gosh, we have so many questions. Okay. Oh, we do have many. Okay, Chris is Sorry, next. I should have warned you. Hey, faggots, on the topic of abortion bans, do you think the political route of banning is the best way to increment our way to success or does a solution need to be cultural first? I feel that we have no legal restrictions and better outcomes if we could get everyone on board with the idea that they are killing babies as opposed to making abortions legal, but people thinking it's so different than removing a cyst. That is so absolutely true. And everybody's like, well, I, I understand this argument for um, if, if abortions are illegal, women are going to be doing back backstreet abortions. They're going to be getting infections. Yeah, but I don't care if, if some woman wants to abort her child and she ends up getting like a terrible uterine infection from somebody using um, the tools that were, were not sterile. And then she has to have a hysterectomy. I'm like, all right, awesome. I don't really give a shit. That's not God's will for me. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, the better way to go about it is for people to, there, there has to be some gravity, some, some moral gravity and 
emotional consequence for for these decisions. Yeah, I wonder, uh, I don't know statistically, but I wonder to what degree a lot of these programs that that offer ultrasounds for women considering abortion, what success they have. They and have some, high success. I think it's at like 50, 50 percent or something. Like some that. states require it before having an abortion. That's great. Yeah, I, I can only tell you from the father's perspective, and it's not like my mind changed definitively at that point. But as I said, having just had this experience last Monday, a week and change back, I'm looking at my nine week old son or daughter in there. That is a person. You can't tell me that's not a person. That is a biologically distinct being from my what wife. What else and from would it be me. if not a person? That argument is so dumb. It's a combination of both of us, clearly. But you, I can't imagine seeing. Even if we had in a in a parallel universe where we had some intent of ending this pregnancy, I can't imagine looking at that and thinking, "Yeah, you know, there's Nothing. really." It's, this isn't for us. We're going to take it back to the store and be done with this. I can't imagine yeah. that. You'd have to be some kind of insane freak to do that. So if I was thinking of cultural ways to to really push the pro-life position, a lot of that stuff, it when you when you actually have to confront the imagery and see the movement of that of that little exactly. being, it's almost yeah. impossible to deny its humanity. But to the point prior that we heard, I I guess I need to acknowledge like there are a lot of people who take their moral guidance on the issue of abortion strictly by whether it's legal or not. Yeah. If I can, if it's legal and I can get away with it, I'll do it. They, that's the way they navigate the, the world morally. And so insofar as I don't have a problem with the law being a form of justice for murder, if I can't tell you why abortion is analytically distinct from murder, how can I have a problem with the law being used as a form of justice for abortion? I can't. Um, it is the intentional ending of a distinct individual human life. Moral terms, I don't I don't see the difference. Other than, the only way out of that is to say, well, that's not really like a full human life based on what? Your arbitrary measurement of when life begins at 12 exactly. weeks or some bullshit like that. It's complete nonsense, but... I, I would hope the cultural influences could win out, but but there's no doubt that the law is a huge uh, is a huge factor for a lot of people who make this decision. Ineptius says twenty six uh, or question twenty six wrote four fantasy books. Have MS teach upper middle class adults and children English online live? Oh, well, okay, sorry. This is like a personal. This is his description. I didn't understand it at first. He's twenty six years old. I assume male. Wrote four fantasy books. Have MS. Uh, Okay, teach upper middle class adults and children English online. Live in Moscow with my wife of four years in our own apartment. She isn't Christian and constantly puts me down. She has done most everything for me in regards to immigration and banking. Thinking about divorce seriously now. Advice. Live in Moscow with my wife four years in our own apartment. She's a Christian and constantly. And you don't have kids. Sounds like not. I don't know. I mean, I'm Catholic, so I should be saying that you should stick it out no matter what. But I'm like really lenient in cases where there are no children involved. I think if you have kids involved, you stick it out basically no matter what. But if you don't have kids and this woman is going to ruin your life, then you GTFO, brother. GTFO. Well, you got to get serious about Number one, the the put downs that are bothering you or the disrespect for uh, what it sounds like is disrespect for you as a husband. 
you got to make sure that you're on the same page about what's coming up in the future as in, are you guys planning for family or what's your general future plan? But, but I am a big believer in the vows meaning something till death do you part absent some sort of extreme breach of that agreement. And based on what I see here, I don't see that. I think that you still have an obligation to work through those conflicts. You should go to her and, and, and take a leadership role in this and say, this is how I see our future. I feel like I'm disrespected as a man in my role, and I would like that to uh, to stop, or at least let's work. You can present it. It's it's always wise to present what you can do to help a situation, too. It, it, going into any conflict to say it's all your fault and you need to stop, that's generally not a recipe for success, even if you're right, even if it is all her fault. But I would say based on the vows that that you took, you should work through this unless and until she has some sort of infidelity breach in your relationship. I would say refusal. If you guys disagree on the future of your family, that she refuses to have children or something like that, then then maybe there's a situation where you leave yeah. that. But if it's just that she's kind of that woman's going to like turn it around and stop berating him. She has no respect for him. Well, on the other side, though, you are commonly an advocate of us men taking a leadership role and getting our women in line. Yeah, Sounds but he like clearly this can't a, do that. Outside well, of beating her, what is he even going to do? He has we no don't know. But, that, but that's the thing is women respond to male leadership. Uh, and I don't know how strongly he's taken that leadership role or not. But I would encourage I know, him man. to take it strongly. My Russian friends are tough. They're tough. If your woman is already putting you down, like you're going to have to hit her. Like, I don't see a way of getting her under control without hitting her in this situation. Sean Connery has a video about this. I would, I would advise watching it. No, get, get very clear about what you want, what you're looking for, be decisive and take a leadership role with, with your wife. That's what I would say. And if she refuses to go along with your vision for the future together, then maybe you consider a split, but I think you gotta, you gotta give it everything you have until there is some, some breach of that agreement, some breach of those vows. Christopher says Democrats think banning guns will stop shootings while ignoring gun-free zones and criminals illegally obtaining them. They think giving away free money to black people will end racism while ignoring BLM riots and looting and targeting white people. They think accepting LGBT people will make the community feel accepted while ignoring the groomers going after the kids. They think opening the borders and inviting everyone inside will improve the country while ignoring the cartels and terrorists who will sneak inside and cause more harm. How and why can the Democrats be so naive about bowing down to every single marginalized group? Why do they think everyone will play fair and the world will be at peace while also ignoring the basic flaws of everything they push for? Well, I think you're giving them too much credit and that credit is honesty in their perspective. (laughs) I think that, that there's a lot of malicious intent behind much of this, that it's not... It's not the simple, oh, whoopsie, oh, I didn't think of it in that way sort of um, way that this might be framed. That that mm-hmm. this assumes that they're just not getting it when in fact I think that they are getting it and the damage is the point in right. a lot of different ways. Um, I I really hate that because I, I my entire life I've tried to assume good intentions on behalf of other people that that generally there are few bad actors and dishonest and manipulative people. It's just that sometimes people in the way that this question is kind of asking, they can't see certain aspects of their own behavior or perspective. And when you explain that to them, they'll generally come around because they're good faith, honest, good actors. But 
I'm not saying that your average Democrat voter or something isn't isn't like, like I think a lot of people have been duped by this sort of like your average voter has been duped by this sort of social pressure that you have to support all of these things or you're a bad person. But I mean, like the people pulling the strings in the Democrat Party, I mean, like people in power positions who are doing a lot of this policy platform stuff. I don't think they're good people. I think they are people who want chaos, who want destruction who want to stir things up in pursuit of power on the other side of it. Yeah, but the average Democrat that's still uh, enforcing this stuff, especially socially and during COVID, this is a this is a power thing. Yeah, maybe. They're it, just it, getting off to the power. We saw average citizens that, you know, five years ago we would have called, you know, just left-leaning normies with good intentions, like yell at people for not wearing masks. Yeah. So fuck these people. I don't think that anybody really has good intentions anymore. They use it as a way to control me, in which case uh, they're my enemy. Uh, Yeah. If someone is trying to exert control on you in that way, I don't know what else to call them. Fair point. Justin Trudeau. What is your opinion on medical assisted suicide? Should it be legal? And if so, what should the requirements be in order to be approved for medical assisted suicide? Hmm. Um, I'm going to have to go with no on this one. I think that just like God brought you into this world, he sends you out in whatever awful way uh, befalls you. I think if you are terminally ill and in a lot of pain, I, I, I still don't think you can do it. And then there are going to be so many allowances made like for teenagers with depression because they transitioned and they regret it or whatever. It's already happening in Canada. You look at some yeah. of the developments in assisted death. It's just like, I don't like my life and I would rather not anymore. It's insane. Now, there e- there's even TikTok trends. Well, my grandma, she's going in for, she's going in to get euthanized next week. I but saw that and she's like, <laughs> yeah, isn't this, it's just taking my grandma out to dinner. There is a time not that long ago, probably within the last, I don't know, five years where I would have said you should have the rights of medically assisted suicide because you are the sole owner of your life. Now. Yeah. As my view on a lot of these morality of life concepts has developed, and this kind of goes hand in hand with my uh, my pursuit into faith. And, and this was a topic that C.S. Lewis uh, was really helpful in developing my perspective as well. When I was listening to um, Mere Christianity a couple of years ago, it's like you think of um, if you think of your life or your body as a house and you are the owner of the house. Like to some extent, yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want to that house. You can trash it if you want. What if though you are the tenant in that house and actually there's another owner Mm -hmm. and that owner has sort of built that house, given that house purpose. And it would be incredibly disrespectful for you at minimum, if not an outright crime to trash that house because it's, it's your property in the sense that you're the tenant, you know, you put up the the pictures that you like and you're responsible for its maintenance and all that. But there's someone who owns that and has a higher purpose. If that's God. And and if your body is that house that you kind of operate on behalf of God or behalf of a moral purpose for your life, then yeah, it, it is actually immoral for you to end that life prematurely because God or whatever gave your life purpose had bigger plans for it than that. And you chose to end it before those plans were realized. Now, in the context of a terminal illness, maybe you want to make the argument of like that. Those plans have been realized. You're, it's the end of life and you're in excruciating pain. I will entertain that maybe. Yeah. But there is a very slippery slope to the sort of shit that's going on in Canada. 
how much and, pain and yeah, I, we can't do this. And so in general, I'm going to defer again to the concept that life has inherent purpose and value. If you cut that purpose and value short, there is a moral wrong in that. And it should be in general avoided pretty much entirely. Maybe we want yeah. to carve out an exception here and there, but pretty much entirely don't get into the business of cutting life short, <laughs> even in, even in the pursuit of, uh, you know, being merciful or something like that is the concept here. Yeah. Did I read that one? Uh, why don't you take this one? Neutralist. Hello, me again. Shortest version so far. What's a good argument for spending years saving up for a 10% down payment and a 15 year mortgage if I don't even think this country <laughs> has itself 15 years left? I mean, I, yeah. I can't make a good argument for that. Property ownership is something of a delusion. They can just raise your property taxes to some insurmountable amount and then, um, you don't own the property anymore. Yeah. Well, so the argument is that, that, uh, the end is coming for you one way or another. Now, for all I know, true. I drive yeah. tomorrow. I get, I get in a head on collision and I'm gone. Uh, the point is every day that I'm here, I still have an obligation to put my family in the best possible position for success that I can. And that includes before my family was even a thing that mm -hmm. I should have. And I think I was, but in retrospect, like, you want to make yourself as a man into the best possible husband and father that you can be before you're even a husband and a father. Now, yep. maybe the economic conditions of the world will be an obstacle for you. Maybe they'll cut short the full realization of that. But there's a whole host of, uh, of dangers in the world that could do that at any time. So every day that you're here, you should be making moves toward that purpose for you, which is that family. And, um, and you know, if, if things prove to be fatal down the line in that pursuit, you'll still know you did everything you could to make it happen. You don't want to be sitting around 15 years from now uh, without that family, without the the kids, without your home, thinking like, well, at least I avoided like the worst case scenario where yeah. the world fell apart and I didn't have this. Any in the world where it does fall apart 15 years from now, like we go into some apocalypse world where the banks and the government and none of that matters anymore. Guess what? You still have your family and you still have your home. You might need to upgrade your defensive mechanisms at that home, yeah. but you still have it. And, and that's why you do it is because that is the purpose for your life. That is how you'll provide fulfillment and enjoyment in your life. That's how you will die a happy man. And so pursue that with every day that you have. Dunk. Wow. Duncan McCockiner. <laughs> <laughs> Have either of you looked into getting on cozy TV? I did. Oh, there's a second part. Here. Recently, Dick Masterson of the Dick show got on because oh, he's friends with him. Nick Fuentes. And even though he's more of a libertarian type of guy, I just figured it would be good fit for uh, or good for both of you to look into since Rumble is fake and gay. Well, I do like Rumble. I'm not taking shots at Rumble. I think Rumble's I like doing Rumble a, a good yeah. job. Um, I did look into Cozy because people requested it. This was maybe like six months ago or something like that. And I just couldn't. You have to. It's like invitation only. And so there's no way for me to set it up other than being like, oh, can I please hang out over here? And I just that's not me. So if, yeah. if there was an invitation to go over there, sure. I don't mind streaming over there, but uh, I just, I don't know. I, I hate being the kind of guy who's like knocking on the door. Hey guys, can I come in? Yeah, I can know. I, can I join the party? That's not, that's not my style. So me neither. It has to be a party where I'm like the guest of honor. Yeah. It's the only way I'm even coming. Yeah. 
and so I, I'm not saying no. It's just I need to I need an invitation. That's all. Fine scenes and bomber. Does the right have a problem with hero worship? Um. Okay. Yeah, I see some of this. We I saw a lot of this with Trump. Yeah. And every time I criticize Trump to date, I get I get hateful, hateful emails. Hmm. And I voted for him. So I don't know what the problem is. Like, and I think that there was, there was just a tremendous amount of hero worship with him because he was doing some things that we found satisfying. I would say that, uh, there is, there is a problem with it. I think it's less so than on the left though. I mean, look, look at the worship. It's not just like an irrational loyalty. Like I think there is, there is an irrational loyalty to Trump. And to some degree, I think I even have that myself in that I have like an emotional connection to the guy and I want to see his story completed. And so there's a certain loyalty there, even when he violates principles that I think are really important. But there's no way that I would obey Trump to a Fauci degree, for example. Uh, Someone like Fauci was given godlike status. Fauci could tell you from boomer style conservatives and neocons with Trump. Maybe, but I, I swear to God, if Fauci told you to hang yourself. A lot of people would do it. I don't know how many people would hang themselves for Trump. Maybe some. <laughs> I think I think it's worth. I think that generally speaking, leftists are godless, or at least more godless. And so when you when you lack that god figure in your life, you replace him with something else, and that commonly comes in the form of government or celebrity. Yeah, it's not that it never happens on the right, but I think in general there are more people of proper faith That's a good point. or, or That's like true. a yeah. proper perspective on God that don't fall victim to that, that false idol stuff as much. Uh, we also do it with Reagan. Yeah, maybe duck duck goose says, what is the minimum amount of money you would accept to delete all your content that you've ever made? And you could never do social media again, your show, Twitter, Facebook, you could still use those platforms, but you could never post anything. You could only browse. Well, um, it's going to be high for a number of reasons. Uh, I, I genuinely enjoy what I do. So it's not just like, it's not the, the raw dollar figure of what it costs to support my family. It's the that continuing I, earning potential. Also. And that too, it's that I like doing it. So you're taking something out of my life that is a genuine passion of mine. That that's $2 million. And the other side of it is if you're removing my job, I need to know that my family's taken care of and not just yeah. like for the year you're removing everything I've built professionally air quotes for the last five, six, seven years of my life, it, it is it is a seven figure number, and I would love. You're not going to be, gonna answer this, are you? Boo. I would. I would love to be so principled as to say there is no number I would ever accept. I mean, if you're going to you do it for two million dollars, if you're going to make my family so rich that there's never a working day in our lives again, I, I as a father, I guess I have to put my family in the best position that I can. Um. But I'm not doing that for anything that is close to just like scraping by. It's got to be an insanely hilarious number. Okay. Jay Hagstrom. Are you going lower? Is that what you say? Two million dollars. Two million. Mine's higher than that. Yeah, but you this is more of a career. I just like get online and stream like once every three months. Yeah. And then I do our show. You, You have like a real thing going for serious people. Ah, well, thank you for the compliment. I appreciate it. <laughs> a buddy of mine at the gym just went through a breakup. I tried to set him up with my wife's friend. I showed him her, I showed him her pick. 
And he said, no, thanks. I'm into women with big butts, round bellies and thick thighs. Lean women look like teenage boys to me. I was shocked. Mm. Then I started to notice just how many couples I see where one of them is fit and the other is overweight to some degree. It really disturbed me. I would expect something like this in liberal shithole like uh, Chicago, but not a place like Tennessee. Have either of you noticed this trend where you live and are you as disturbed by it as I am? Um, Oh yeah, totally. Like the disparity between male and female attractiveness is so favorable to women these days. It's just incredible to me. Did I tell you about this hot guy I saw at the grocery store? This is like you a did year not. ago. I saw that, this, guy. this was a year ago and you still remember him? It was like two years ago. I think wow. I was with my husband, but like I just saw this guy and I, I was like, like I didn't want to have sex with him. I wasn't like attracted to him, but like from a from a specimen perspective. I was like, this might be the best looking man I've ever seen in the flesh in my entire life. He was so hot. Everybody was like, I even talked to the lady at the checkout about it. <laughs> they were all it. taken um, aback. They like, were all stopping yeah. in place. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and then I saw his wife and she was like this dumpy, short, tattooed, fat slut. And they had a kid. Together. How do you know she was a slut? You just... Well, I she mean, she had like, like booty short. She just looked yeah. like a like a chick that's taken just an astronomical number of cocks. All right. And I was just like, how? Maybe it was just him. Maybe he beat her up. How, but how does this happen? Like, no matter how dumb or poor or mean yeah. that guy might be, like, he can't slay some higher quality poon than this than this fat little midget whore. What if it was just his friend? How do you know? You know, they had a sure. baby and they were both. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there was good evidence. But I see stuff like that a lot and it's always in the um, unattractive female. Maybe he just, male. he made a mistake one night and he's too good of a guy and he did the right thing and he's with her now because of that kid. Wow. So you heard it here. Being a giant whore pays off. Maybe, maybe that's how that happened. Hotter than Mel? No, nobody's hotter than Mel. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I would agree with you. See this? I would agree with your general uh, diagnosis that that expectations for men are sky high, and what men are willing to settle for, and, or their expectations for women are very, very low. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I see a ton of drastically disproportionate couples. I don't know that I'm really looking for that. Part of the thing is I don't. I pretty much go to the grocery store and other grocery store like errands. I don't go out to the cool places to hang out in town anymore. So I don't really see young couples in their element anymore. So but I, most people I see are probably comparable. They're comparable. generally speaking, although yeah, like this couple the, was such an outlier. That's why I even remember it, the best know? episode of disproportionate female expectations was on that Jewish matchmaking show that you were talking oh, about. Oh my God. That fat Latina She's Jew. half black, half Jewish. No, she's half Latina, half Jewish. Oh, I thought her dad was black. Wait, what? No, she doesn't. Look- oh, my God. Somebody you guys have to watch that show. I just watched it. And all I want to do is talk about I'm making everybody I know watch it. It's called Jewish matchmaking. It's on Netflix. She is obese, like she's ridiculous. So and she but- de- she wants a fit guy. And the matchmaker lady is like holding in the laughter while listening to this okay but 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 she got set up with all those like super weird heaps like that last guy was like so weird and she was kind of vibing with him because she yeah. knows that she's not bringing much to the table i think it was like so much confidence Dude. because she knows that she's like a fat and slot. this chick one of their dates they went to the roller rink or whatever so and he had to lace up her skates because she was too fat i mean 
and and you wonder it what what was that Chris Rock bit that you sent me where it's like her 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 shoes look like baked bread be, or baking maybe bread. Maybe bacon bread in those shoes. Her How? ankle hanging on for dear life. Right, exactly. Like <laughs> in general, this woman's ankles are hanging on for dear life. But on roller yeah. skates, how is this even anatomically, physically possible that your your ankles in their skeletal form are supporting this much weight on top but of it while rolling? She was around? well matched with that that weirdo Jew. I, I guess they did work work well. Because he was like, oh, I just love comic books and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, all right. There's also Indian matchmaking on Netflix, which I have not, not watched. Good. It's not uh, as good. I'm I'm waiting for white matchmaking. When is that? Because I I've, I've heard Jewish people and Indians talk about how important it is to be matched with, yeah. with very similar Jewish and Indian people. I, the white matchmaking show. Where when is that one coming out? Netflix. We don't we don't have a super cohesive culture because okay. being white doesn't mean anything. I can't wait to watch it once they. What do the Irish have in common with like Italians? This whole white thing. We should just stop saying white. All right, so it's going to be like Nordic matchmaking. Great. All right. Just talk about pickled fish the whole time. Or whatever. <laughs> Michael Schlecht says, uh, "What is what do you think should be stronger? Straight. Uh, I read that as straight pride, state pride, or national pride." What is stronger for each of you? Oh, man, I have a lot of pride in what this country is as a concept. I don't have a lot of pride in the way it currently exists politically because it's kind of a disaster currently politically. I think it's it's a, a, a deviation from what its design and intent was, a perversion even. I do have a lot of pride for the state of Montana kind of in its natural form. I think it's just a, a really cool place naturally i also have a lot of pride in it politically i think that we're doing a lot of great things in this state to fight back against some of the the federal rot right but in the ideal world um well your state is supposed to be really the reflection of who you are and what your priorities are and you're supposed to fit into your state politically very well that's the whole intent of the design your commitment to the to the to the national country is that your is that your country respects your rights as an individual and as a state? So I would have to put state pride, uh, in uh, at a, at a higher priority, because the whole pride in the national government or the national country, I suppose, is that it is committed to a system of states' rights and individual rights within them. So I'm going team state in the ideal form. Okay, yeah, I, I'm fine with that too. I have no faith that this country can improve upon itself. I have major problems with the foundation upon which it was built, and I don't believe in the Constitution as a ruling document. So, state. <laughs> well, okay, all right. Well, but if your state is a part of that system, like, how can you have any pride in it? Because I hope that we secede. Well, okay, so there you go. Now it has to be because state. my state is yeah. filled with Randy Weavers. Ah. It makes sense. All right. What about those people? Yeah. Do you hear my baby and my dog howling? A little bit. Yeah. Just a couple Crazy more custodian. Yeah. Question for Matt. I remember you mentioned you once considered yourself a gamer. I personally consider vi video games an art form since uh, its infancy. Uh, I think um, I it's chaos here. I'm sorry. I think I first considered it as such in the late 90s with Final Fantasy VII and Metal Gear Solid. Do you remember what video game first made you consider it an art? I don't know which one. I don't know that I ever had that kind of realization. I will tell you the first game, like as a storytelling art form, 
that really got me was uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic when I was like 15 or 16 years old. And I was never into role playing games and more story driven games in that way. But I always loved Star Wars. And so I gave it a chance. And as far as having a like a narrative or a, almost like a movie experience with a game and having a plot twist that to this day I still consider to be legendary. You ever watch a good movie with a plot twist that drops your jaw? This yeah. was a game like that. I, I mostly enjoyed video games as a way of competing with friends. So like we would, we'd go on the weekends, we'd go snowboarding and then we'd come back to like my house or my friend's house and we'd all play Halo against each other. There was no, we didn't have Xbox live or anything at the time. So it was just split screen and maybe you'd network the Xboxes together. That's how I enjoyed video games for the most part was it wasn't like the art of it. It was the competition among friends. And later in life, it became more about, story and kind of almost movie-like experience but that was probably the first game knights of the old republic and to this day i think it holds up pretty well ashwin says in the spectrum of platonic realism versus nominalism where do you guys fall under okay thank you for explaining because i i don't know the definition of these terms a platonic realist believes abstract entities like numbers logic essence concepts ideas uh, exist and humans can't reform or change them once recognized. A nominalist believes ab- abstract concepts don't exist and these things are invented by the subject or group and thus are malleable or reformable. Well, without understanding these philosophies in detail, I would say that I am likely to fall into the platonic realist category, that there are abstract concepts or truths about the world that are true and remain true whether or not we as humans choose to recognize them or not. And that they're not just, uh, well, on the, on the topic of objective morality, uh, for example, my favorite thing to talk about for 20 more minutes. Are there rules to the world that exist independent of us? Or did we just make up the rules that we can change them at any time? I think there are rules to the world that we discover over time and that we have an obligation to follow but we don't we don't just make up the rules on the fly so count me on team platonic realist a nominalist believes abstract concepts don't exist but a platonic realist believes that abstract entities like numbers logic etc do exist so how are these different i don't know if i guess my question here is is it supposed to be a nominalist believes abstract concepts do exist not don't but do that would be the difference. That would make more sense. That's and how I interpret these things it. are invented by the subject or group and thus are malleable. That's just postmodernism. So no, I would say I'm oh, a platonic realist. And there's one more uh, paragraph here, a couple oh, sentences sorry. here at the bottom that I forgot to read. A, a good example to think about this would be the concept of American, platonically real, in which uh, case once recognized is irreformable, or is it a concept that's not real and thus can be redefined by, uh, redefined, infinitely by people well i think that there are human concepts of organization i suppose um that is to say like at some level political boundaries and things like that are human creations there's nothing necessarily i think that there's a a natural to a naturalness to them in concept the idea that humans naturally form groups and boundaries but that doesn't mean that the the american boundaries specifically are natural in nature I guess I'm thinking more of like the rules of the world, the morality of the world, rather than um, 
like uh, i don't know is the game of football a human creation are the rules of football a human creation or is there something natural to those yes I, I suppose i i still would say platonic realist is where i fall on this okay all right thank you ashwin if we misunderstood uh feel free to clarify of course all right that's it right Okay, well, thanks for the email questions, guys. Very much appreciated. Once again, if you'd like to send an email question, uh, do that through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. Okay, uh, we'll catch up with chat. We'll call it a night. Odyssey looks good. Thank you guys over there. DLive, uh, we're good there. Rumble says, uh, well, let's see. Uh, That's right, I did Dick Boner. I remember that one. <laughs> DJ Tech. Wait, wait, wait. No. The Dick Boner had a different one. I want to make sure I don't oh, miss the second Mr. one. Dick. Patriot Front is real. Very low IQ and definitely has informants in them, but they're real. They are very fine people from Charlottesville. Rebranded, so I hear. Vanguard. Vanguard rebranded. Do you know what Vanguard is? I guess I, I think mm-hmm. I've heard that name, but I don't know much about them. Is this this BlackRock style thing? Vanguard. No, Vanguard was like, uh, it must have been some sort of like nationalist slash white identity group or something like that. Really? That's what this is implying. Should I know this? I don't know. DJ Tech Chicago says, I've been meaning to write in about LaDonna or the LaDonna situation for some time. The whole thing was a misunderstanding. (laughs) Uh, Ho... Oh, fuck you is the Asian woman's name. They're friends. Love you guys. Well, I, I, that's why I want LaDonna's side of the story. It yep. it, it might be ho oh, fuck you. Uh, and maybe she could clarify the whole thing. Where the hell is my LaDonna sound? I have, t- I have too many. I can't even it's find not it. against the law. Ho. Oh, yeah, here it is. I always want to give LaDonna her uh, proper. Problem. It's not against the law. Ho, fuck you. Addicted to drum says thanks. Thank you. Very much appreciated. Bert says the government may be shut down, but who will steal my money and who will spy on me and have contempt for me? Who will violate my rights? I know it sucks, uh, but uh, maybe we'll we'll find out what is what what the I don't know. They still have a deal. So is default coming in a week or, or so's time? Are we going to learn that lesson? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Where did we leave off? I think Mr. LH D six. Uh, yes. Uh, no, I read that. Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, Matt should work in a fast food restaurant so he can experience the cultural enrichment of an angry black woman firsthand. No, I've learned my lessons from watching Popeye's videos. I don't I don't need that experience. That one order, that one chick at Waffle House. Remember oh, she yeah, blocked she the, the chair. chair? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't I don't want that experience, man. I. Uh, I don't want to be involved in any of those um, those conflicts. I have worked at restaurants, though, not uh, have you really not, not at Popeye's in the South, but I, I did uh, waiting tables for several summers. Yeah. Was it like a TGI Friday? No, I did work at like a, a local sports bar type place. It's not a chain yeah. like that, but, you know, like a sports pub type place. So, yeah. Yeah. Thunderstorm, the Catholic Church and the Pope were in Concord with uh, were in Concord with the Pope, along with the Jesuit order, along with fascism. Why is this capitalized? Because uh, it's very fascistic fascism. It's the We're fascism. in accordance with the Pope, along with the Jesuit order, along with fascism. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know what to make of any of this. I'm getting yelled at by Protestants a lot. Oh, no. And it sounds like it's working. They've they've bludgeoned you into compliance. I'm just so tired. Hmm. I'm sleepy. 
Wong Don John. If you're looking for Halloween costumes this year, Target has has got loads of options. Matt will scare everyone in his tuck friendly pride swimming suit. I am not and he wearing has to buy that. it though. That's a big game, man. I'm definitely not wearing that one. I know I've done a few different drag options. I'm not wearing the Never again. The Target Tuck swimsuit. Um oh no, I lost my place. Uh, he Are also you- says Long Dong John does. Uh, Matt and I once drove our Subarus through Bozeman. We may be Subaru drivers. We may even be faggots, but at least we're not Democrats. That's correct. <laughs> I feel like I could still be friends with this guy. I Just get over the car. And I yeah. we have a lot of common ground. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew Malloy. He or she was the man woman of his or her dream. Uh, yeah. You could oh, be anything boy. you want to be at this point. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's John. Uh, yeah, that that's a, uh, a really interesting to think, uh, thing to think about. The, it, it, there's a dangerous delusion in believing that we are perfect and believing that, that we never make mistakes or that, that, uh, that we are kind of the gods of our own existence, that kind of thing. You need that God concept to humble you. And yes. we're, I, I see plenty of examples who people of people who lack that God concept. I want nothing to do with them. I don't want to be that sort of person. Um, it leads to a lot of degeneracy and wickedness and nonsense and a life poorly lived instead of a life well lived. So I'm just going to avoid them and I'm going to follow people who teach something otherwise. Let's see. Um, also, Holden, regarding precious metals, platinum may be a good buy. Uh, shooting is like exercise. The best form is the one you'll do. Point for having a favorite piece, even if it's not technical best. He said half uh, of the uh, amount of the Aussie dollar. Again. You know what I what I really like um, is the hand poured bars, too. And there's some sometimes you can get one ounce portions, too. But I like it doesn't hand- matter what they look like. They're cheaper, the, right? The hand poured ones. Well, sometimes they're more expensive, but the hand poured oh. ones. Um, they look more like a pirate piece. And there's one company in Colorado called prospectors that I really like because you can buy gold or silver and they're hand poured, but they even stamp them with like a skull and crossbones, you know? So it yeah. just looks like it came out of a, like a pirate chest. And I, I love that. I think I, I, like I said, I go for affordability over aesthetics, but there are a couple pieces where it's like, I don't, it doesn't have to have like some, you know, patriotic eagle on it or something. That's fine if that's what you want. I want it to look like pirate's treasure. That's my aesthetic preference. So that's why I like that company. Okay. Ark says, love you guys. And a cow effer crashing a truck into a barrier is not, it's not a Nazi, but a political stunt. A cow and I wonder if this was just an accident. And um, it's, But he came all the way up. from St. Louis. Like, what was he doing? Well, Indians are bad drivers. Maybe maybe he was just all mad about his SATs, and so he just decided <laughs> to take a U-Haul and drive it north. Yeah, maybe. Ben Goins. Christians uh, ought to start having humility parades. Judgments begin in the house of the Lord. Make the commission great again first. We do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, we do lack humility. As well. It's like uh, it's, it's Cersei in Game of Thrones. We need to start marching people. Give them humility parades in that way. Holden Mulray, do you know when why i began to call you to truth seekers it was many months ago your answer when asked what you wanted from religion christ won't fix this world for us but he'll get us to the next that's true i'm i shouldn't be given up giving up i'm um truly blessed 
I, I, I don't, we must, I must, or we must have answered truth, huh? About what, uh, the goal was in, in searching for the, yeah. I mean, isn't that the goal? Yeah. Yeah, of course that, that ought to be your goal in pretty much any philosophical undertaking in your life. I don't know what else you would be searching for. If not the truth, I want to be lied to. I want to yeah, exactly. live in Plato's cave and have them do puppet shows <laughs> for me my entire life. No, I appreciate it. And thank you for, um, I, 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 of course, appreciate your support for the show, Holden, but I appreciate that you have kind of made a bit of that, too, um, and especially one that is much more uh, philosophically sound and pure than, uh, you know, gay jokes and, and stuff like that. Not that I have a problem with the gay jokesters either, but just given Holden. I do. I appreciate Stop it. Stop it, you guys. Stars and Stripes super sticker that I can't see. Sorry, dude. But it's there. It's on YouTube. It's Thank there. you for it's that. There. Chris Gard, blonde regarding the body weight disparity in couples. I'm fit and muscular. But after my wife gave birth, I became oddly attracted to her post-pregnant punch. Huh. Something changes in the brain out uh, of the man or something, I swear. You know, I was talking to my friend about this, and her husband, like, got really into her postpartum body because he was like, I did this to you. <laughs> that was the angle? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I have I have claimed this, or I have, I have yeah. shaped this. Yeah. yeah. It's like well, a car that you've just, just covered in dents because you drove it too hard. Yeah. Well, thank Whatever. you, Chris. I hope you and your family are well. My Grundle. Say my name, Blonde. Say my name, My Grundle. Yeah. I did it. Thanks for the show, Matt and Blonde. I've pestered Viva to have you both on Sidebar and we'll continue. You're both better than your sub counts. Oh, well, thank I you. Like my, I'm pleased uh, with my sub count. I'm stuck at 126,000. Well, by the way, I, I texted you, but I will reveal it on Sunday. I got that silver play button from Raja Muhan himself years Raja after the fact. Muhan. Uh, no, but it would be fun to talk to Viva again. It's been, I know we talked to him right after the George, it was the Derek Chauvin verdict. So that was like two years ago, I think that we, that we spoke with him. But, and then I I talked with uh, Robert Barnes after the Alex Jones defamation suit stuff, but uh, both good guys. That's it, isn't it? Uh, I got one more Yosepi or is, yeah, it must be Yosepi Groiper. Uh, hi, on and off again, viewer. Just want to say thanks for your thoughts on Nick Fuentes or ask for your thoughts on Nick Fuentes, Julius Evola and Jeez. Uh, is it Je- is it Jesse James or Jeez? It's J-E. He must be in Jesse James. A-S-E. I don't know the latter two names. Um, Nick. Oh, you know- uh, uh, Julius Evola was, is the Ride the Tiger guy. I've read some of his literature. Um, I think he was a visionary. Nick Fuentes. Uh I like him. I think he's clean cut, funny. Like all internet folk, if you meet him IRL, I'm sure he's a weirdo, but so are we. I don't know. I don't pay a lot of attention to Nick, to be honest. I don't necessarily have a problem with him. Uh, I know that people consider his views controversial, but I've never really seen him do anything abusive outside of his his edgy views. And so I, I'm not going to like condemn a guy because he has edgy views or something like that. And I he has a following for a reason. People find what he says to be compelling. So... Right. If you have a problem with that, argue against it. And uh, and that's that's that. But I, I, I just don't I, ha- I don't know enough about Nick's personal views to say, like, uh, he's obviously wrong on X, Y and Z. He's obviously correct on A, B and C. But uh, anyway, actually, the most I saw of Nick was during the Kanye stuff. Yeah. Uh, me too. yeah. And I don't know what I guess. I don't even know what the hell happened with that. Is the Kanye stuff over? I, I don't know. He's being weird. Is Kanye, Kanye. Is Kanye dead at this point? I, I, I haven't heard anything from him for months uh, since since like the Alex Jones interview stuff. 
And the Alex Jones interview stuff was hilarious because it was Kanye going off. And then Nick Fuentes was like Kanye Ooh. translator yeah. to Alex Jones. Yeah, to Alex Jones. It was just uh, it was a hilarious episode. Anyway, uh, thank you, Yosefi. Appreciate it. Um, I think we're all set, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, it looks like we're good on uh, Rumble, all set on DLive, all set on Odyssey. So we will call it a night there. Thank you guys for your uh, support for the show and, of course, for calling in and emailing. Very much appreciated. We, of course, will be back on Sunday with whatever happens between now and then. If you uh, missed any part of the show and you'd like to listen back, you can find the show on the podcast page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcast as soon as we're done. Uh, speaking of anything else show related, head on over to the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. We will be back on Sunday. Until then, have a great night and a great week. Bye, guys.